2: all right welcome into the arrowhead attic podcast live on radio row patrick allen and sterling holmes here with you and we got a really special guest to kick things off today marcus spears what's up fellas how y'all doing man appreciate it and you're bearing
3: gifts absolutely
4: the best absolutely
3: well man i don't talk about food on shows because it's just a thing to do i actually do it so my partner's louisiana fish fry we created a chicken sandwich and a chicken fry, so we popped it open, and oh, you can actually—it's actually something in there. It's not a prop bag. Oh baby, it's a—it's a real sandwich in there. I brought one because I—I I didn't want you guys to go to sleep for the rest of the day.
4: Okay, you're gonna take a bite of that. I'm getting
3: yeah, digged. I'm, like I'm, I'm getting getting like for lunch. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm bringing go it up to go the ahead and change here. your life. I'm by the way, I'm letting people know how good this is. By the way, this is my creation. This is the way I eat a chicken sandwich.
2: So, so you came up with this? It's your own recipe
3: yeah so a little bit yeah louisiana fish fry has been a company forever and but we majored in making fish fry before okay. so I'm, I'm i hunt fish i grew up doing it yeah and, but the fish fry. so i when up when we partnered i was like why don't we make a chicken fry and because okay. chicken sandwiches are my favorite sandwich yeah yeah some people like burgers some people like chicken sandwiches are my favorite so i was like let's create something where i can kind of get back to my home base and they were they obliged and we put together yo yeah yo (laughs) so this is something you can make like
2: you can buy this and then you can do it at home
3: yep we are in every store you could imagine um it's easy we give you instructions on the back of the box of how to do it and then you just do it to your liking like some
4: people
5: <laughs> We haven't ate all day. This is the best thing I've had. I don't care. We're in Vegas. I've had some pretty damn good food. Uh oh. This is it right here.
3: So so yeah, man, we I mean y'all know we, Louisiana, we we major in hospitality, we major in food. I'm I'm a foodie, so it only made sense. But man, they they, they legitimately I know a lot of people gonna come over here and promote their products. This is a this is a true staple yeah. of who I was before I ever got a check from them. Gotcha. Um, so it means a lot to me, man. I'm glad y'all enjoying that sandwich. It's Very legitimately
2: much, good.
5: Yeah, uh, it's really fantastic. I went back for seconds.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Marcus, t- I, I, You know, I watch you on TV all the time, and I've just personally have never heard this story. How did you get the nickname Swagoo?
6: Okay,
3: so I started at SEC Network, and we had a show called SEC Nation. And I worked with the great Joe Tessitore, yeah. right? And everybody knows Joe, either from boxing or college football. And I was a big guy and loved to dress. I love fashion, but I was walking on set. we were in South Carolina, and he was like, "Bro, you dripping swagoo." Ooh. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and Joe is Italian, yeah. right? So, like, he was like, "I'm gonna call you swagoo." That's gonna be your nickname, cause I nickname everybody. So everybody was trying to find one for me. Okay. And I really nickname people a truth moment, cause I can't remember names that sure. way. Sure. I remember the nicknames though. Yeah. So when he named it, it took off, bro. Everybody started calling me. People were making signs behind our set, and then everybody at ESPN. And then once you know, bro, once Stephen A. says something <laughs> and calls you something, that's it. It's like a, the dude is a walking. He, like, I call him the male Oprah. <laughs> if he promotes something, it's going to sell. Um, so, yeah, that's how I started, man. But I, I always think of, of nicknames as a term of endearment. It really, it disarms people. It tells yeah. them that, hey, man, I know you. I got respect for what you do. Yeah. You know, we get enough. I'm sure y'all know. We get enough. Hey,
7: Marcus.
4: Yeah. Right?
3: You know, um, but, but you, if you if you call me Swaggo, we 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 rock with each other.
2: <laughs> you you work with Mina Khan's a lot. What's yep. your nickname for her? MK. MK MK yep. is good one.
3: MK. I do a lot of initials. Yeah. Obviously, I know Mina name. We spend a lot of time sure. together. And are arguably my favorite person on earth. Really? Outside of my family.
2: She seems to, I've never had the pleasure of meeting her in person, but I love watching her analysis. She's great on TV. Yeah. She's fantastic. Looks truly, like somebody true, you want to hang out with. Truly
3: humble, bro. Yeah. Like y'all know, we're in a business where people like to use humble as a way to gain. Yeah. yeah, She's truly humble. Like all of this is a blur for Mina. She like I can't believe I'm like on TV and I talk football. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um yeah. She's my sister, man. We got a post today. I I love her, man. She just had a baby, Nino. I can't uh. wait to meet him. He a, he. A, so I do this segment on on uh, NFL Live called Big Man Balling, BMB. And I highlight all of the big dudes that make great plays from that previous week. Yeah. So Nino, her son, and Laura Rutledge, who I call Boogie. Okay. Um, her son Jack, they both, you know, they fat babies. <laughs> which we love fat babies. So right now they are the they are the representation of baby BMBs. Okay. Yeah. So she got Nino and Laura got and Boogie got uh Jack, and they baby BMBs, man. But I love I love both of them tremendously. Um Mina is just she. The, she the truth, man. Yeah. Yeah. She the truth.
5: Uh, the Chiefs' defensive line to me this season has been very underrated. The Chiefs' defense as a whole has been yeah. very underrated. Why don't you think they get the respect they deserve? And also, I think Steve Spagnuolo yeah. is a mastermind yeah. back there. What have you seen from him?
3: Because Pat Mahomes is a quarterback. To answer your first question, <laughs> right? Everything is going to be underrated um, when we looking at what we witnessing with him. Nah. You know, I love that question, man, because a lot of times we get so far away from the substance of football because we live in this generation of everybody talking about it, media outlets. So a lot of times, like, that's what we really take pride in on NFL Live is we get into the nuts and bolts of football and we talk about, like, coverages and why this this thing has affected the game. I think what has happened with the Chiefs defense and Steve – Spagnola. More importantly, they had to be this good. Yeah. They knew that it was going to be some growing pains. They knew that they were young on that side of the ball, Um, and they knew also that the game was—we've gotten back to kind of a physical run game NFL. You know what I'm saying? So Spags has always been phenomenal in the playoffs with pressuring and bringing these disguises and these blisses and trying to create big plays and doing things like that. I think Karloftis has been way better than people have, yeah. if you pay yeah. attention to it. Yes. And, you know, because we get enamored with sacks and numbers, the way he defends the run, a rookie being able to drop in coverage and understand leverage, um, being the answer to losing Frank Clark, who was highly productive in the playoffs, yeah. to now his two-and-a-half sacks through two games. Like, dude, that, that, that type of stuff is what championships are made of. If, if Chris Jones didn't play for the Chiefs, they wouldn't have two Super Bowls. Nope. He's made plays to actually affect the game. Yes. Um, Pushing Deion Dawkins into Josh Allen and making that throw a miss is why they here. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> like, but,
5: but, but, and that goes to your point here. Again, Why I get sometimes frustrated, I'm, I'm sure you more than others, everyone always talks about sacks, and you're sitting here going, That wasn't a sack. It doesn't show up in the box score, but he single-handedly affected that play. Absolutely. How do you think the average fan should start looking at football to try to get a better understanding of this?
3: So football is about space, right? The game evolved to this big spread-out open field thing because offensive coordinators were like, if we create space and we can get them in favorable, if we got a linebacker matched up on Tyreek Hill, that's such such an advantage. We're going to try to create that. Right? And we give credit to Kyle Shanahan because he's yeah. been one of the best at doing it. We give credit to these Ben Johnson did a phenomenal in Detroit this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Andy and what he's been able to create. i give you a perfect example of what you're talking about. The game plan specific approach to Buffalo was we are going to get Travis Kelsey matched up on A.J. Klein. Yes. You are missing Milano. Uh-huh. You just lost Bernard. We're going to see if your third string linebacker <laughs> can come on. one of right. the greatest tight ends to ever play. And then the following week, I'm going to keep you away from Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make Kyle Hamilton – I'm going to make what everybody thinks is a great (laughs) matchup, I'm going to make them see if it is a great (laughs) matchup. Um, So a lot of that type of stuff happens in football. But from a defensive perspective, man, like look at space. If you always see George Karloftis close, if you see quarterbacks having to move off of spots – that's affecting the game. It's been the fight I've been fighting for Jadavian Clowney his whole career, bro. Yes. Yep. We don't think he's a great, a good football player because he don't have twenty five sacks. And I get a lot of that comes along with being the first overall pick sure. and and the play against Michigan, where he yep. just becomes this <laughs> phenomena. The man has been affecting so many games for so long and making yep. game changing type play, but we don't pay attention to it because at the end of the year we don't we don't see. Fifteen and twenty sacks. There's one anomaly to that. Well, two. T.J. Watt <laughs> figures out how to get twenty a year. Yeah. But also affect the game every other way. Yeah. And Aaron Donald. Yeah. This is a down year for Aaron Donald, who has eight sacks and one thousand pressures. <laughs> so the game can be affected more than what they read in the box score. It's like Dennis Rodman. Dennis never averaged twenty. His teams don't win championships without him
2: Speaking of a guy who was good at getting to the quarterback, I just realized today is the 24th anniversary of the death of Derek Thomas. Oh, my God, bro. Uh, We talk about pass rushers. Um, Peter Schrager was talking about it on uh, Good Morning Football today. It's Super Bowl 58. That was obviously Derek's number. Talk to us a little bit about what he did to the game when he was out there.
3: We were cheated. Um, We were cheated from having a real conversation if Lawrence Taylor is the greatest defender to ever play because we lost DT early. Um, I was young. I was a super fan of him. Him, Reggie White, and Bruce Smith were the reason I watched football. Um, I think he would have arguably been the greatest edge rusher of all time. But I think he could have been the greatest defensive player of all time. And that's saying a lot, bro. Because I hold Lawrence Taylor... Like, did his status oh, yeah. when it comes to football. But when you just, the first step, think about Derek Thomas playing in the NFL now. Yeah. The ball get off. Like, these are the things that yeah. I look at. Yeah. The ability to get after the quarterback, but not only like pass rush moves, bro, you can't even get your hands on me. Right. Um, so I think we were cheated, but we saw a glimpse of what greatness looks like. And you know, obviously, I mean, Kansas City has had Neil Smith. Y'all have had oh, Chris yeah. Jones is the next one. Yep. Yeah, Tamba um, Khalid is good. Yeah, Tamba Haley. But, but Derek Thomas, I think, would y'all would have had to put him in a different room. Yeah. yeah. And he probably still is in a different room. Well,
5: he, is, he, he is in Chiefs Kingdom. Yeah, it, you know it, what it, I'm it, saying? It is, it is Derek Thomas. Yeah. And he might have, as far as Stevens, Bobby Bell. Right, right. Near yeah. the guys right. that came before him. Exactly. But, uh, but if we would have got
3: a 12-, 13-year career, Yeah. Seven sacks in one game still has the record for that one. Oh, and I tell people all the time when they bring that up, that was going to happen again. (laughs) A seven-sack game for him – What's going to happen again? Unless you was just telling your quarterback, throw it out of bounds every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: When it comes to the Chiefs' struggles earlier on this season, especially offensively, yeah. now I know it's been a, a whole joke, like, we've been hoodwinked, we've been bamboozled. All of a sudden, they get <laughs> you're, to the, you're the you're bringing playoffs, out to a. And, and, and they're sitting yeah. here like, oh, we're golden. We've been playing the yeah. whole time i don't know if it's that easy you talk to a lot of former players obviously yeah. there's nothing to it but again there's a little bit of rumblings of there is another level you can get to if you've been there before maybe during the regular season you go out of bounds instead of trying to get the extra couple yards maybe yeah. over the middle as a receiver you alligator arm it in the playoffs that's not going to happen right. what have you seen the chief's transformation into this again they <laughs> are who they are
3: so i really was the first year i had real concerns um The drops concerned me, but more so than the drops, it felt like there was no clear identity. They were trying to identify number one wide receiver. I think Rashid has kind of ascended to that. They were trying to figure out how to get Travis to be Travis of old, which I don't think Travis is Travis of old anymore. I think you got to create opportunities for him to have success. That ain't a bad thing. He's been playing for a hundred years, right? Like that athleticism at some point, you're not going to have the same. But what has happened is when you when you really know the foundation of who you are, you go back to it because that's what you lean on to in hard times. Travis is going to lead the way. <laughs>
4: We're
3: going to figure out how to get him open. Yep. Andy went back to the board and was like, yo, I don't give a damn what happened. <laughs> we going to lose feeding Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Um, And, you know, he's hit another gear. I, bro. Travis, I love Travis. That's my guy. Y'all know we got a great relationship. He wasn't great this year by his standards. He's been great the past two weeks. Though. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, all matters so, now. And, and now, to your question, that's because of familiarity. Like, Travis is like, I got to be this for us to win a Super Bowl. So, you know what? I'm going to go be this. Yeah. yeah. And it's up to Andy to make sure that he puts him in them situations. And, dog, like, bro. We we saw a tight end dominate a defense that was historical in Baltimore. I thought Baltimore was gonna win the game. Like, cause if you were if you had a pulse and you watched the last five weeks of the NFL season, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that team had to beat themselves to lose a game. Yes, but the Chiefs had Mahomes
2: and Kelsey. <laughs> That's the X Factor. Your team is telling us that you got to go feed some more hungry people. Yep. So we appreciate you coming. Trying right. to save the this world, is fantastic. man. fantastic. Thank you, guys. Check it out. Appreciate, thank you, man. Man, was this was fun, man. The
8: Chief yeah. Fry fun.
5: Officer, baby. Yes. yes, sir. You know <laughs> it. All
8: right, man. Take right, care. Thank you, hey, thanks, Marcus. Marcus uh,
5: Spears. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat uh, this. Leave yeah, we'll this right, side. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm eating yeah. this later. If you think I'm not going to eat this, I don't care that Patrick took a bite after I did. Bro, that,
2: I'm dying out here. I didn't, I didn't get any lunch. Uh, do you want some more of this No, same? no, no. It's good. It's good. I'm just we'll, saying. We'll put it they right bring, for now. That is, that is sandwich. really good. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, man, Marcus is awesome. Yeah, that was great. I love watching him on TV. He's uh, he's so infectious. He's got such an infectious personality. He knows ball. He's just really great to listen to talk to about sports. It was really cool. Uh, I didn't have a, a, a note down here to ask him about DT, but when he started talking about pass rushers and stuff, I was like, i got to ask this guy about Derek
5: Thomas. And he, the way he lit up talking about Derek was right. really cool. He was one of my favorite interviews so far over the past few days because it was so insightful. Right. You learn so much. And again, th- that's why I think I always joke about like an offensive line fantasy football league. But I also want to do something to where you get even the players more loves and we don't just view them by sacks and interceptions. Now I think the Pro Bowl has turned into that. Like we saw, again, Trayvon Diggs is a very good cornerback. Yeah. But. You got burn a lot. You know, like there's two ways to, to get it done. Um, Legere Sneed doesn't get a lot of interceptions, right? I think that sometimes it gets held against him in these elite cornerback conversations, right. but he's not getting interceptions because people aren't throwing at him. Cool. So, like, same thing when it goes back to Judea and Clowney. You know, you are drafted 1 1, so that comes with these certain expectations. Same time, he has been so good, so solid for so long, but because, as he mentioned, he has not consistently have 15 sack seasons. Right. He's not thrown in that category. There is way more to football, especially being a defensive end, than just sacks. Um, for the longest time, I, I've been a big proponent of, we need to look more at the bigger picture and not get just enamored by guys who pin their ear Those guys are important, but without the other guys, those guys aren't allowed to pin their ear and go after the quarterback.
2: Yeah, and, and you said it, man. I mean, like, look at Trent McDuffie this year. He makes the all pro team. And I think he deserved to. But then you get Lejarius Sneed not even making the Pro Bowl. What was the big difference? Trent McDuffie had some turnover plays. You know, turnover plays, turnover plays in prime time. Get your name on the radar. These guys that are voting for this stuff, they're not sitting down watching the All-22, how Lejarius Sneed's locking guys down, not giving up any touchdowns. And I think you're absolutely right. These guys make a big difference in the game. And Marcus pointed out, that play that Chris Jones made that made Josh Allen rush that throw, What would, would have been a touchdown if he had time. It's not in the box score. It was the most important play of the entire game. It's not in the box score. So I think you're absolutely right. And that's why guys like George Karloftis, who, does, who doesn't, he gets, a, he gets a share of sacks. Oh, but yeah. I mean, he gets a lot of pressures. And I feel like, I know sacks are the sexy stat. Yeah. But really it's, pre- I'm looking at pressures. Like how many times did this guy Get pressure on the quarterback. That's that's going to be a better indicator for you than just the sack number.
5: Sure. And again, not all pressures are created equally. There's no great right. way of doing it. I think again, PFF has tried. I still think there's room for them to grow. Again, I I, I like PFF when it helps my case. I'm gonna I'm gonna disparage it when it goes against me. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but at the end of the day, I I think that's what they were trying to do. And there's still going to be work. Because I think everyone views the game a little differently. And as Justin Reed has pointed out, and other guys around the NFL have pointed out, you know, JJ Watts pointed this out. Unless you're on the field, unless you're the coordinator who called the play, you don't always know that guy's responsibility. Sometimes it might look like a guy messed up. In reality, it was someone else. And he gets put in the spotlight. Completely not that guy's fault. But he takes the blame. And again, other guy's probably going to come out and say, yo, that's on me. But that comes down to, again, we don't always know the full picture.
2: So we got Jamar Chase coming up. Uh, it might be a little awkward. I don't know. He doesn't like the Chiefs.
5: I've interviewed him a couple times now. Um, I'll let you get some in here now. I've, I've, I've had my, uh, what, my...
2: What questions doesn't he like that I shouldn't ask him?
5: No, but, I, again, end of the day, he's a guy who believes in himself in the Bengals you know let's be real now a little different but like when Travis Kelsey he doesn't do it really anymore what hype up himself no one said a word you like it when it's for your team yeah you hate it when it's against your team sure now I think Max Crosby is actually the perfect example of doing it in a in a way that's very easy to root for sure right like I think Max Crosby again he, he's a guy when when he when he talks trash you're like it, there's these underlying undulations of like like a respect. wing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and again, at the end of the day, I like the rivalry. You know, you like guys that stir the pot. It makes it that much sweeter when you beat them. You know, it, it really does.
2: I watch a lot of Jamar Chase. I've got him on one of my fantasy teams. The uh, The team's name is Chase Jam. And he's been remarkably consistent for me, even dealing with injuries. So. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really interesting to talk to him. The Bengals had uh, kind of a tough season, obviously, losing Joe Burrow. So we had that matchup late. I mean, can you imagine what that matchup would have been if Burrow had been healthy Yeah, late in the season? Nuts. As he joins us now, Jamar Chase. Thank you. How with How are you doing, man? What's up, man? Jamar? How are you doing, what man? You man? Are
5: I love the track suit. That's Thank fresh you. right there. Came, man. Came comfortable, brother. I'm glad <laughs> the track suit's coming back. You know? uh-huh. Well, you're going to be comfy. You go Sleep Number, right? Yeah.
9: What you got of with Sleep Number? Yeah. So I'm here today partnering up with Sleep Number. As you all know, um, it's 80% of athletes and NFL players with Sleep Number uh, right now. And uh, they do a fantastic job with just helping us with giving us Sleep Numbers. By Sleep Numbers, I mean the sleep schedule times, uh, the amount of numbers we sleep, how much time we sleep, how good we sleep. And uh, they actually set me up with a Sleep Number doctor to give me pointers on ways I can sleep better and probably have better performances. And you know, with that being said, I think that's a one way that I think can accelerate my my game to be better. And um, you know, that's my first time actually going to take this step forward and and actually listen and, you know, give myself a scheduled sleep time this year and you know see where it takes me.
2: Yeah. It's part of that recovery process, right? You work so hard day in and day out to get yourself ready to handle the brutal NFL. You need to sleep, you need to recover as well. How do you guys do that You know, with the Bengals, like when you go on the road and you're sleeping in hotel rooms, yeah. like you don't have, like I'm I'm to bring my pillow with you, you bring your pillow with you, like how do you make sure you get a good night's sleep when you're out on the road?
9: Yeah, so um, for the most part I feel like, you know, I got to get my sleep in those three days, man, and, and that's on my sleep number, honestly, um, you know, and you know, honestly, when I was in college, my my receiver coach told me the best day to sleep is two days before the game, and I think that's Friday. Mm. Um, so. That's actually the day before we leave, so Friday is the day that I try to get as much sleep as possible on a sleep number.
5: So for me, I thought you grew a ton as a wide receiver this year. When T. Higgins went down, teams were focused entirely on you, and you still had over, what, 100 receptions. Over 1,200 yards, and again, you were the focal point the entire season. I saw the Bengals trying to use you in different ways to get you yeah. involved. They used you out of the backfield a few times, trying to get you on some swing route stuff like that, get you some good matchups. Yeah. What was this like for you this season, and did you feel like you, growed, or you grew as a wide receiver?
9: Uh, yeah, I felt like I grew every year as a receiver. Um, not just me getting the offensive down, but understanding what read I am and how i can on my route differently now. Um, So, I mean, it comes into play many different ways. And, um, honestly, it it can only get better from here. the way they're using me, you know. Um, And when T went down, you know, I had no choice but to step up and play that role.
4: Yeah.
2: Now, teams do their best to stop you. Most of them are not very successful. They're just trying to slow you down as much as they can. Um, You've played both the 49ers and the Chiefs this year. How did those guys try to attack you and slow you down in the games you played? Yeah.
9: I I feel like both teams do a real good job of being disciplined on their – like their base game plan of the player. Um so like basically like I mean by that by like schemes. Like they they, they, they do real good with schemes on players. You know, um Casey does a good job on scheming on me sometime, you know what I'm saying? And um Forty Niners I feel like they have one of the best um let's let's see. Basically like they the most God damn, can't get the word out. <laughs> can't get the word out. Scheme? No. Nah. nah. Versatile? Nah, No? Discipline. Thank you. Discipline. Jeez. It took, <laughs> took me a while to get discipline out. So, but, yeah, uh, I feel like 49 is the most, like, one of the most disciplined teams, you know what I'm saying, defensive-wise, so that's why.
5: You know, obviously a lot of teams try and double cover you. What does that feel like as a player? Obviously you get the respect that yeah. it takes two dudes to cover you, but also at some point you're like, well, what can I do? How can I try and make an impact in the game?
9: Yeah. And... Honestly, those my first three years, you know, I have been getting a better understanding of that part of Cincinnati using me. And, um, you know, I actually told them, like, move me around more, and they listened. And, you know, they actually came to me and asked me what do I want to be moved where and how. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I really appreciate Zach for and Callahan for giving me opportunities to come talk to me and ask me what I like and what I don't like because that gives me an opportunity, a step ahead on how they can use me. Yeah. so. That's good good communication by the staff.
2: Now you guys have an intense rivalry with the Chiefs. They've gotten the better of you, you've gotten the better of them. Uh, I know you're confident in yourself and your Bengals. And I know you don't like the Chiefs, and that's good. Good, healthy rivalry. But what's one thing about the Chiefs that you respect?
9: Uh, that they don't quit, man. And It's always a tough game, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it doesn't matter if they double teaming us, you know, me trying to get the ball. They always going, going, going to fight, you know what I'm saying? And, that's why I like playing them, because they know they're going to get our best and we're going to get their best.
5: So I actually am a huge fan of a little bit of back and forth, right? I think that's what makes the NFL so great. It's why everyone loved the Pacers and the Knicks rivalry in the NBA oh, back yeah. in the day, right? Reggie Miller, yeah. the whole fourth quarter show. Like, I loved a little bit of the game within the game. Again, you have that. Is that something that you use as motivation for yourself to try, one, to try and get the under the opponent's skin, but also for you, is that motivation for yourself?
9: Yeah, um, honestly, that's just me. I just do that to have fun, man, since I'm sure. still young. I feel like um as an athlete, man, playing in different sports, trash talking is a lot, you know, and playing sports, I feel like, you know, you could people don't just we don't just play the game and just sit yeah. there and not say nothing all day, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like, sure. you know, talking trash to one another is just getting the better out of somebody else, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, you should see me my men's league basketball games. I'm
5: I'm washed up, but I'm still talking smack. You
9: yeah, <laughs> know <right. laughs> what I'm saying? So like it's it's just getting the better out of somebody and you know, if you like if you're a trash talker like me, then it's just it's just fun to to do it. Yeah.
2: When you're playing the Chiefs and that, def- that defense is out there, who's talking the most trash? Who's drawing
9: the most? Uh, Snead, of course. Sneed. Y'all, everyone know me and Snead had a little throwdown, so yeah. Yeah. you know, Snead's the only one that's going to go back and forth with me.
5: Yeah, With Joe Burrow going down this year, what was it like having to transition again to, to a new quarterback? As a wide receiver, what differences? Obviously, they're different quarterbacks, but as a wide yeah. receiver, what do you have to do differently with a new quarterback in there?
9: Um, Honestly, I just had to adjust to my quarterback. and By that, I mean... The place that we ran, uh, we changed it up a little bit, you know, diced it up a little bit. Um, so it was just me getting the timing down. That was the biggest thing, me getting the timing down from Joe to Jake. Um, yeah. And then the deep ball difference on timing, too. So, I mean, just different ways on how we use Jake. Jake wasn't always in shotgun like Joe, so yeah. that was it.
5: How are you trying to get T. Higgins back? I know you guys have done a, have a nice little partnership before. I know you guys are, are really close. Yeah. Uh, you play basketball, I think, a little bit together every once in a while. I remember that one. Yeah. Um, are you trying to convince him to stay in Cincy?
9: Uh, I, I'm not trying to convince him to stay, even though, I mean, he knows I want him to stay <laughs> at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we've had this talk multiple times already. Yeah. Um, but, man, I'm not going to control his T's destiny, bro. I want the best for him, man. At the end of the day, if if you're a brother, you want that for, some, for one another. And at the end of the day... Uh, it's NFL, man. It's, it's not going to go your way, and he has no control over that right now. Uh, neither do I do, so um, it's just going to have to go, go, be in God's hands at the end of the day.
2: You're one of the best wide receivers on the planet, so you're obviously really good at that. If you had to play a secondary position in the NFL, what would it be?
9: Uh, I got asked this question earlier, bro, and I didn't want to play running back no more because I didn't feel like getting hit no more <laughs> as much, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, I already get hit as much as now people don't cats don't like when i get the ball in my hand so they be trying to take my head off so yeah i can just imagine if i play running back
5: yeah do you know luther Burden at all the mizzou wide receiver not really. not really not really okay i always liken his game to yours i'm a, I'm a mizzou alum so that's okay. why okay i just think he has a lot of his game in yours and so i wanted to see if you had any insight to that but no nah. i get it
9: i mean it's nowadays it's hard for me to watch college now because they play on well i only watch them on like that saturday you know what i'm saying so um, but no, nah, I, don't, I don't really know him yet.
5: What was that like on that college team? So good for you, you yeah. were you were the guy back then. You've always been the guy, I guess. What is it like having that, is it pressure on you to always perform? Is it just, it is what it is? How have you been able to handle that? <laughs> um, at the end
9: of the day, man, when you're, when you're an athlete, man, I feel like you've had pressure as a kid in high school and AAU games, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, that's where your pressure holds itself at and stays at and once you get to the lead me cup of pro I feel like you know there is no pressure it's just now it's just your game and you know you got to be comfortable it's like you got drafted to do this so what pressure is there for you
2: yeah cool is there a wide receiver that you really admired growing up and maybe you modeled your game after
9: yeah um, it was Des Bryant I was actually a big Des Bryant fan back then man and
5: he caught it right Desco Green Bay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He caught it. You know what <laughs> I'm
9: saying, and uh, that was the only person that I really like watched a lot. You know what I'm saying, and I watched a a, a, a couple other casts, like Corey Coleman and stuff. So, yeah. um, but Des Browne was the one person I always watched.
5: As far as the you know the week leading up to the super bowl just in the playoffs in general how much different is it for you as a player compared to the regular season because i've always wondered just the mindset obviously but also the waiting game you have all these media events that you have to do obviously when you're in it how does that change your schedule does it get you off kilter at all
9: yeah um so i feel like this side for me is more of a business side you know what i'm saying when i'm off the field in vegas not for the super bowl it's more of a business side for me more of me you know, getting new connections, building a sure. platform for myself, putting myself out there. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's all about, you know, giving myself more exposure at the end of the day. Yeah.
2: You've obviously been in the Super Bowl before. Guys came up a little bit short. How much does that fuel you to get back here and finish the job?
9: Yeah. I mean, it fuels me a lot, bro. Just having an opportunity to say I've been there my rookie year, um, and we beat one of the best quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm literally most hated. For some things, so I mean, at the end of the day, bro, it's an opportunity. It's a blessing and a curse, you know. So um, I can't, I can't be, I can't be mad at nothing.
5: With Joe Burrow obviously getting healthy and coming back next year, does that make this off season you wanted to go by quicker? Because you're just sitting here going, I want to get back out there. My guy's coming back. Mm -hmm. We know what we did last time when we were together and healthy. Are you even more excited for next season? Yeah, I'm excited, man. But
9: I honestly had, I, I I wish I could tell the future, man. It's, I feel like this year is just so. it's just going to be so crazy just because it's everyone's contract year. You know, yeah. I have an opportunity. Um, T. TBs might be leaving. So it, it's a lot going on, not just for the Bengals, just for the whole NFL, I feel like. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wish I could tell the future right now. But uh, <laughs> we're just going to take our time and let Joe get healthy first and let everything just take its way.
2: Awesome. You played both these teams this year. You guys beat the 49ers lost the Chiefs, obviously didn't have Burrow in that game, although Browning played great. Um, which team's better and who's going to win on Sunday?
9: Um, it's a tricky question, bro, because I honestly can say they, they they both have great offenses and defenses, man. Like I said, 49 give me a disciplined side of defense and Kansas City give me more of a, a, a good scheme defense, you know what I'm saying? They scheme a, against a player, they scheme against the, the actual playmaker, and I think that's how they, they make plays and stop it. But um, I'm gonna just go 49ers by a field goal.
5: Jamar Chase, dude, really appreciate it, man. Chase, good, good, good luck next Jamar. year. Yeah. excited to see what everything holds for you. Yes, sir, uh, good talking to you again, man. Yeah, a couple times you have done it now. You're uh always fun, always entertaining. <laughs> appreciate it. Man. Thanks, man. Right, thank you y'all. Take care, Jamar. All good right. luck next year.
2: Cincinnati Bengals star wide receiver Jamar Chase. You know, look, I okay uh chiefs fans i know maybe not your favorite player he's a competitor but really great to talk to insightful guy interesting Um, and i I like jamar a lot i know i know this
5: is not a uh popular take in um in chief's kingdom right right i i I like jamar a lot and i'm not saying i agree with all the comments he makes but if you like the rivalries between the knicks and the pacers back in the day you're being hypocritical if you don't like what he does to help with the Chiefs. And by the way, let's be real now, it obviously fires up Mahomes and a lot of the Chiefs yeah. players too. So it's, it's, it's a two-way street. It gives motivation for Kansas City, but also it keeps the rivalry alive and well. Um, again, you don't want all buddy-buddy. No. You have to have a villain. And you have to have a heel.
2: Right, he mentioned why he does it. He thinks it's fun. He has a good time talking a little bit of trash, he doesn't, you know, I, I, one thing he said I thought was really interesting, he said, like, I'm still young. Like, he he doesn't want to, he wants to enjoy playing the game, not just being on the field, but the whole process of it, being confident in himself, stirring things up a little bit, having a little bit of fun with it. I mean, all of us, you know, couch quarterbacks, and, you know, we get on Twitter and we talk trash to the opposing fan bases. We talk trash to the guys in our fantasy football league. It's the same thing. When you're competing in something, it's fun to, uh to, to give it a little bit to uh, other people,
5: uh, some questions and some comments on the chat right here. I I see you. We're not we're not though going to uh, take <laughs> ringless shots at guys. We will never get those guys back on, yeah, and we yeah. like to keep our jobs. Patrick, I like keep in mind. Okay, we yeah. we, we want to be respectful, but we do understand. Um, I I did find it was very very interesting and entertaining. Um, very entertaining and interesting. He talked about the Chiefs' scheme, right? Um, because we've talked about Spagnuolo all season long, and what a great job he's done. And then honestly, hearing it from Jamar saying, "Yeah, the scheme, the the the, the game plan they had against me and the Bengals was top notch." I mean, I think that right there gives a lot of credence to how good of a job Spagnuolo's done all season long.
2: Yeah, and he talked about that they want to try to take away the playmaker and we know this bags has done a good job of that he tries to take away jamar chase he'll try to take away stephon diggs and as a chiefs fan that's the one thing that makes me nervous about this game against the 49ers is they have several really devastating playmakers on the field cmc i'm guessing is going to be the primary target there but you've got kittle yeah. you've got iu you've got debo samuel i mean i know Chiefs fans are really confident about these games but these guys are loaded and then you can take away CMC, but then Debo can hit you for a huge play. So they're really explosive. That's my biggest concern going into this one. What I do know about Brock Purdy is he gets on that back foot and he's, he, he's a timing guy. And so I think rather than maybe just try to take away one player from the 49ers, what Spagnola might try to do is confuse Brock Purdy. Yeah. Do a little bit of zone, blitz a corner, make him think he sees. And we've seen them Chiefs do that this year. Make him think he sees one thing and then show them something else I think that's the best case scenario for the Chiefs because you just can't take away all these guys you can't just be like all right we're just going to take away CMC but if they if when when the 49ers are throwing the football if they can make Brock Purdy hitch that's where they're going to have an advantage in this one it's uh, all about that that Shanahan offense one two three boom <laughs> one two three boom
5: right I, I would have to agree although I will say talking with um Uh, A couple other guys, I don't know if you were actually on with me when we talked to Drew Brees and Kurt Warner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very interesting getting their thoughts on Brock Purdy. Basically a lot of it is, uh, especially a lot of former court, Matt Ryan, same thing, we talked to Matt Ryan. All those guys have an immense amount of respect for Brock Purdy and all think that what he is doing is at times being underrated. And it's a lot of the same thought process that I've had as like, what do you want him to do? He's he's doing everything he's he's asked of in the Super. Bowl. B- because it might not look like Josh Allen, right. and Drew Brees brought that up too. Because you know, like he was an undersized guy. You know, yeah. Kurt Warner he, he mentioned was bagging groceries before. Because it looks different, doesn't matter. The, the the end of the end of the day, all you need is the results. Right. And Brock Purdy, so far this season, well, he's gotten the results. Uh, I did find it very interesting with Jamar. You know, talking about next year, he was a little bit of a. Because I actually think that the Bengals are going to be great next year, even if they lose T. Higgins. You saw what happened. They found a way to get him involved. I was actually very impressed with Jamar and what he was able to do this year when he was the guy and there was no second option. Yeah. He stepped up and, and made all the plays still. I was very impressed by that. It took a few games, but then once they figured it out, they moved him around, as you mentioned, Zach Taylor. I, I'm just sitting here going, even if T. Higgins leaves the Bengals, that's still going to be a very good team. But he was a little bit of a non-committal. He, he was more reserved in regards to the, uh, the hype surrounding the Bengals going into next year
2: yeah look he knows that there's a lot of changes coming and change is scary and you don't know how things are going to play out but look as long as they've got joe burrow that dude can ball they're going to be able to win games they started off slow last year they, they started to figure it out and then he got hurt um yeah i agree with you man i think it's going to be a fascinating the afc lamar is going to be back josh allen it's just going to continue to be a dogfight year and now you got harbaugh coming to the chargers so now we got to yeah, deal with somebody who might be able to competently coach uh, justin herbert so there's a lot for the chiefs to be dealing with by the way you're watching the arrowhead addict podcast live from radio row if you are new here subscribe to the youtube channel what are you doing
5: we, we came all the way to las vegas to the super bowl for you guys Make I sure flew, you hit that like button i flew on a middle seat and stuck on a tarmac for an hour and his back's been killing him all week my back is killing me my feet look grotesque i walked the strip and shoes that i wore for the first time in my life it was a horrendous decision but i'm doing this for you guys i went to the youtube concert at the sphere last night i am exhausted i am dead yet here i am giving it it my all i have i have we have three more hours three more just three more hours live talk to me in three more hours we'll see my my motor is insatiable I I am George Karloftis. I don't know why I'm trying to go off on a Mike Tyson rant. My back is broken. I broke my back. Spinal.
2: I was so tired I went to bed at 8 o'clock last night. I just, I ate some dinner and I just laid down and passed hey, out
10: and we've got yeah, Orlando yeah. Brown what's up? what's up what's going on fellas how you doing oh, sir. doing great man that's a nice watch oh thank you man appreciate oh, yeah. it no problem no problem at all you got quite the fit here going on talk it, talk man. me through this what's this um, hanging off of your uh, hip here oh yeah this is just my good luck charm man I kind of always keep this on me two little Gucci tops Ralph Lauren pants I love Vans I on my feet love it love <laughs> it you just take appreciate
2: off it. one item of clothing I could pay off my mortgage <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome welcome yeah. Orlando Brown Jr former chief
10: former Raven, now with the Bengals. Um, Who are you here working with? Uh, man, I mean, I feel like I'm here for so many different things. Okay. Um, really, man, just, you know, wanna, wanna, it's my first time really ever experiencing it like this. You yeah, know, yeah. normally I'm a player that's playing <laughs> in the game, a good feeling, though. or, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a young guy that's kind of still, you know, learning the ropes and, uh, it's my first time here. So really just wanted to come, kind of come experience it, man. See some new faces, talk to some good, cool. some good people.
5: We actually just had Jamar Chase, your, your, oh, yeah, your team at so, all yeah. before oh, you. Yeah. Man, just for you this season, it was obviously a different year for you, right? You're yeah. you're now you're now a Cincinnati Bengal. Yep. you got T Higgins, you got Jamar Chase, you got Joe Burrow. Expectations yeah. sky high. Joe yeah. Burrow gets injured. Then yeah. T Higgins gets injured. Yep. And talk with Jamar, you know, the first couple games he had to figure out how the offense was gonna use him. Yeah. What was it like having such a up and down season as a team with a just as a
10: whole? Yeah, you know, that's the thing about football, man, you kinda prepare for that mentally. Um, you know, even in the worst way in terms of losing your quarterback. And and I know I do as a pro. And, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily a shock. It's always ups and downs. But it's hard. You know, the NFL is hard, period. And it's, it's hard to win. Uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, be a playoff-level team and a championship-level team. But, you know, I think we did a really good job fighting through adversity, man, finishing above five hundred, I think Jake yeah. Browning did a great job coming in and doing his job and uh, playing his role. Uh, guys like Jamar stepped up when need, when they needed to. Um, yeah. Joe Mix, um, yeah. Chase Brown, uh, our offensive lineman uh fingers could be pointed to so many people as as to why we were able to keep a positive mindset and move forward so You've played with three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes, man. absolutely. Patrick
2: Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. Yep. How are each
10: of those guys different as leaders? Uh, man, in so many different ways because of their backgrounds. You know, you've got Pat Mahomes, who is the Texas gunslinger that grew up in a household, you know, around sports and uh, baseball and basketball and football, and you know he's obsessed with all of those different yeah, things. Yeah. And you know his parents are you know a certain way, so he's got a certain way of leading, and you know he does a great job of being vocal and leading by example as well. And then you've got guys like Lamar Jackson, who was uh, born and raised in Broward County, Florida, um, somewhat of a different personality, but he always is going to get the best out of you. He's always going to get the best out of the team, and, and you know that Lamar is going to give it his all every time that he's out there. Yeah, and exactly. then you got Joe Burrow, man, who, you know, I mean, gosh, I mean, this guy's, this guy's different. And, you know, I think it's one of the reasons you were able to see this uh, Cincinnati organization turn around so quickly when yeah. he came into the league because of his mindset and his approach to things. And he, he's played the quarterback position his dad was a coach so he has a a really neat intel into what it takes.
5: How does your philosophy change as a tackle as far as what you try to do? Mm -hmm. You know, Mahomes likes to drift around. He has a little bit typical uh, deeper drop back. You know, Lamar's a little different. You were on the right side there for the majority, and then you played a little bit of left as well. Uh, But he's going to be a guy who might get it and then just take off right away. Joe Burrow's more of the traditional pocket passer. As an offensive lineman, how do you adjust to this?
10: Yeah, well, it's a lot of things that vary too, man. I I like the way you put it, you know, in terms of drops, uh, systems and schemes, route concepts, uh, which is one of the reasons Pat, you know, Thank you. the cat Normally takes a deeper drop because they run a lot of deep concepts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting, you know, how football works. But for me, man, I, I, I try to keep my game my game. You know, I'm not a guy that's going to lean on his athleticism. Uh, I honestly don't have much there. But, okay. <laughs> right Touche. but um, you know, I, um, I, I feel like, man, it's something that I kind of learned coming to the league. I, I started off blocking for Joe Flacco, who you knew where he was going to be in every yeah. single depth. You knew that every drop he was going to be right here, he wasn't moving off that spot you got to keep this guy away from it and you know I don't mind it you know I don't mind the the deep drops with Pat because the concepts and everything like that um yeah man I mean honestly I I love winning I love winning (laughs) and and I'll accommodate my game however need be
2: was one of them easier to block for because of their you know their Um, pocket
10: gosh man I mean you know naturally you're going to say the most athletic dynamic guy Lamar Jackson just because I mean what what can't he do? You know, yeah. with the football man in his hands, and you know, not taking credit away from any of my other guys, but I don't even know I if he mean, needs a lot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, hey, man, you you can we could say that too. I mean, yeah. I, I might agree with that that statement too, man. He's he's one of the special ones.
5: You've been beloved in the locker room everywhere you've gone. Yeah, you you've been ingrained. I mean, you look at Cincinnati's social media, Kansas City's social media. You have yep. there with the mics going around. Yep. Why does everyone gravitate towards you? Because you are a leader everywhere you've gone, even if you haven't been there very long. Yeah, well, you know, I I,
10: um, my my offensive line coach in Kansas City gave a story uh story one day, and he talked about uh, Paul Revere, and uh, the British are coming. And I (laughs) there was another guy that said the british are coming but this guy didn't move anyone and my coach said i'm paul revere and i'm the glue guy and uh so that's that just kind of always stuck with me in terms of uh you know who i am as a teammate and a person in the locker room because it takes all of us to be successful you know it takes 100 uh, percent commitment from me others uh you know me doing my best to get the best out of everyone in there you know mat- no matter if they're a, a practice squad guy or a role player so
2: okay so you play with the chiefs you know this roster well. Yep. Who's a player on the Chiefs right now that doesn't get enough credit for how good he is?
10: Um. Gosh, man. I, I feel like as far as accolades, LeJarius Sneed is at the top of my list. Yeah. I always felt that way about Mooney Ward as well. That's in uh in San Francisco for the 49ers. I always felt like he was another guy that didn't get a ton of credit either. Um, but uh, on that roster right now, man, that's not necessarily decorated. I like LeJarius Sneed for that. Um. Jarek McKinnon as well. Yeah, yeah, Those are those are my two, two people at the top of my list that I think are important pieces for them and and uh, really, really super impactful personalities as well.
5: Was yeah. it ever hard for you? We, we have a lot of Chiefs fans here, and you know Chiefs fans can be very, very passionate. Oh, bad big time, Chiefs very and passionate. And Chiefs <laughs> but it, it, was it ever hard for you as a player when you went to Cincinnati and you're sitting here going, it's a business decision. We, You know, I think yeah. a lo- the majority of people understood why yeah. you did what you did, right? Yeah. But is it ever hard when you're like, guys, you want to just be like, there's nothing personal here yeah oh yeah is, is that ever hard for you no i like honestly
10: um it was very hard for me to leave baltimore um okay. you know that was an organization that gave my family an opportunity um it was an organization that uh really allowed me to you know be myself man gave me the opportunity after the combine and all those different things and you know the relationship uh steve shawty had with my father ozzy Newsom had with my yeah. father and myself it, it was a lot of deep intertwined uh love and passion and and all of those things there man that's one of the reasons that they drafted me in the third round and it was very hard for me to separate that it was hard for them as well you know those were conversations that we had to have and uh you know it was it was very hard to separate that as far as the transition from kansas city to cincinnati uh not that i was excited to get out of kansas city but that's normally how the business goes man when they tagged me um i didn't sign the extension that was on the table you know i just kind of understood you know that'd be my last time there
5: yeah sure
2: so a guy you played next to in kansas city joe tooney has a pec injury. Yeah. He's uh probably not going to be able to play on Sunday. Yeah. How good of a job do you think Nick Allegretti is going to be able to do stepping into that starting role? for
10: this Oh, weekend? yeah, man. Nick Nick Allegretti is – is there's a reason he's been there for the last five years. I mean, this is a guy that's very committed. You know, I talk about being committed. Uh, he loves the game. He loves offensive line play. He's got a wrestling background, you know, so it comes natural to him. Um, but, man, I got – I mean, I got a lot of faith in Nick, and he's done it. You know, he's showed up for them over, over the years when they need him at right guard, left guard. I know he's played a little center as well. So, uh, man, I think he'll be able to step up, and, and like he did last week, I mean – play his tail off. Yeah.
5: Hey, I appreciate you also, by the way, getting here when you did. I know it's yeah. been a little yeah. bit of a war Oh, it's here. all good, it's man. It's been a little, little, little <laughs> difficult. Uh, it's you have all a, good. Do you have a score prediction? I know you got more yeah. stuff to do. Do you have a yeah. score prediction this game? Uh, Man, hard to say
10: score prediction, uh, but I do think the Kansas City Chiefs win this game, man. We're talking about Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, Chris Jones, in the, in the heat of the moment in Super Bowl in Las Vegas. It's his home to them, They're going to do this. So. Orlando Brown, <laughs> you know, I, I
5: appreciate you a, a yeah. whole bunch. I appreciate what you do as well as the... Um, champion as well yeah. as diabetes as well you know yes. what i'm saying like, like you, yeah. you're, you're very good on and off the field yeah it's really cool man i love yeah. the work you do with uh, with diabetes as well thank
10: you so much man you know it's a cause that hits home for me uh just my, my dad passed a ketoacidosis when i was 15 my brother was diagnosed at eight years old um, i was nine at the time so it's just a cause that really hits home man and and it's important for people to understand that you know you can you can have it you can live with it and, and flourish yeah Orlando, you're pretty good on the mic. You thinking about media? After, uh, yeah, it just after depends. It just depends, man. I'm, I'm worried about football right now, to be honest with you. But <laughs> yeah, sure. hey, when it arises, you guys let me know a fan side has got a, got opportunity for us. Yes, sir. Thank hey, you so hey, thank much. You, thank you, man. Appreciate,
2: appreciate you guys. It. Good thank luck next year as well. You. Orlando Brown Jr., former Super Bowl champion with the Kansas City Chiefs and now a Cincinnati Bengal. You know, that's the first time I got a, a, a chance to talk to Orlando. That was
11: awesome. He's, he's great. He's a really good hey, dude.
5: Alexander Madison. What's up, man? Alexander Madison
11: right now.
5: Yes, sir. How, how, you, how doing, you doing, man? Sir?
11: I'm blessed. I'm doing good. You're out here at the Super
2: Bowl. Uh, are you working with anybody today? What are you, uh, uh, are you doing yeah, ready to yeah. for? Yeah,
11: so I'm here with uh, Leo Vici, uh, partner with my brand, I Am Gifted, and trying to spread the love and positivity and emphasize mental health awareness.
5: That's I love seeing all the Vikings around here as well. KJ Osborne stopped by. Yeah. You, you got a whole squad out here, huh?
11: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard. Look, I didn't even know. I heard Kirk was out here uh, walking around. Really? So oh, is he I got to try and find him. So uh, he got the chain on? Yeah. I, no, no, no. I don't know <laughs> if he has a chain on. But <laughs> I, w- I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> right.
5: As far as this season, this had to be a, a pretty fun year for you, right? Dalvin Cook's now gone. You're now the bell cow. You're now the guy. What was that transition like for you and just
11: your excitement level to start the season? Um, it was different. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, it comes with a lot of pressure, comes with a lot of uh, eyes on yeah. you. you know, the spotlight is on you and good or bad, the people are gonna find a way to to I mean tear you down, man. and yeah. so that was new for me this year dealing with stuff like that. you know, um, it's like you can't do any good uh, yeah. sometimes, especially when, Everyone's struggling, you know, we had the season where uh, the spotlight wasn't just on one player, but it was on a lot of different players and a lot of different hate was thrown around. And, uh, you know, it's just... uh one of those things you have to deal with, one of those things you have to find a way to get through, but you know, it's adversity. And that's what the, the name of this game is, is getting yeah. through that. And so uh, it was it was a, an amazing um, experience for me to be in a position where um, I can affect the game and, and be a leader to the guys in the running back room. And um, you know, definitely came with a lot, but I definitely feel uh, a lot better going into this season, going into this off season with that year under my belt in yeah. that position, yeah.
2: So obviously you mentioned Kirk Cousins, uh, had an unfortunate injury this year. It was very unfortunate for me because I traded for him in a fantasy league the week before. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but let him know I believe in him. Uh, what, what's something about uh, Kirk Cousins? Obviously, he was in the documentary, too, and I think a lot of people got their eyes open to how good of a guy and how likable Kirk yeah. is. But What's something about him that maybe people don't know that would
11: surprise him? Um, that he... Well, I mean, maybe they, they're not surprised now, but he's funny. He has a yeah. He has a unique sense of humor that is just like... Yeah, you you can't help but laugh because it's. I would probably say it's probably the closest you're gonna get to like, the definition of dad jokes. Okay. Is when Kirk Cousins cracks the joke, and um, yeah, I mean he's just an awesome guy. I mean you were able to see it in the documentary, but um, I've I've said it since I got in the league. Um, he is the guy that you would put down on a paper if you were gonna say like ideal human being, you would write Kirk Cousins' name. Wow.
2: That's high praise. My wife's actually six months pregnant with our first, so, I'm going to need you to connect me with Kirk. Because I'm not good. I've been warming up some of my dad jokes here on Radio Row, but yeah. I'm not quite there they've yet. They've not
5: landed. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They've not been good. He, oh, they're not supposed to land. They're not supposed
2: to
11: land. <laughs> yeah, see, that's it, the thing. You you laugh at the jokes because they they don't land. And yeah, that, yeah. A lot of Kirks they, they don't land, but it's just hilarious. The, the attempt is hilarious. Yeah.
5: As far as next season, how excited are you? You have another, another year in your contract. You're going to be yeah. a Minnesota Viking. Justin Jefferson, healthy back. Kirk Cousins, healthy back. Offensive line, I think, really started to gel as the season went on what does that make an offseason feel like i know it just ended you take a lot of hits during the regular season <laughs> but when you have that core coming back does that make you more excited for next year
11: yeah definitely it's one of those things you know uh you can't do anything but be excited for that and the opportunity to add some pieces to the puzzle as well um being in a system um for the third year where you know years before that i've, I've had different ocs every year so uh, being in the system for the third year, having an understanding, having the confidence within that system, is definitely something that changes the ball game. Um, I just pray that we get Kirk Cousins back uh, yeah. because I love that guy. I've been playing playing with him since I got in, um, and he changes the game for sure. Yeah. But it's it's definitely one of those things I'm excited for to get back in there with my brothers and uh, and go and, and go do something special.
5: Yeah,
2: you're obviously in a brotherhood on the Vikings, but also in the in the you know the running back world. The Chiefs have a running back in this game, and Isaiah Pacheco, who's got a, a very unique running style. People say he runs like he's angry at the ground. What's your What's your take on his running style?
11: Uh, definitely that. Uh, we 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 get a crack out of uh, watching him run. I mean, um, a lot of respect to him. A lot. I mean, you you don't get those kind of jokes if you're not playing hard every single game. Right. Uh, so you can't do anything but respect his game for sure. He's done an amazing job putting himself in a in a position to uh, not only impact. a a franchise uh, at this level. You know, you have the opportunity of a lifetime again. Um, So it's kudos to him, hats off to him. I think he was a late round guy, right? Seventh rounder. Seventh rounder, making a name for himself. So a lot of respect, I love to see that as a a fellow running back. Um, But yeah, we definitely uh, pop on some tape sometimes in the running back room and, and, I, I don't think. I knees not think. yeah i don't think my knees and my joints and my ankle i don't know if they could take that type of running style that he has yeah. but uh I, I mean hats off to him I, I i can't remember there was one that was uh hilarious it was something like uh he runs like a rug rat or something like that <laughs> and i was just like yeah. i don't know how people come up with this stuff uh-huh. but it like hits it's on point every time yeah. but uh-huh. um i was glad to see that he got a kick out of some of the stuff that people were saying as well
5: when you were growing up, did you have a favorite running back or a guy that you? you so obviously yes. And then yeah. did you model your game after anyone?
11: Yeah. So the guys that I watched, the three backs that I kind of modeled my game after: Marshawn Lynch, yep, Adrian Peterson, yeah, and Jamal Charles. And those are my guys. And you know, everyone, you know, there's nothing but love and respect to like the legends. Earn you know, the time that I was I was growing up, you know, LT and and all those guys. But those are my guys that I. I could relate to, and I could see myself shaping my game after, and uh, it changed it for me. Yeah,
5: you just you, made a lot of Chiefs fans very happy. By the way, we have a lot of Chiefs fans, oh, and yeah. you, you mentioned Jamal Charles. This is yeah. the first Jamal Charles name drop we've got today. We got we had a Derek Thomas defensively, okay.
11: but now we got a JC. You just made a whole bunch of folks happy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, he's he's one of those guys that I mean, really shape shape my game after him, and. Um, yeah, I think he. I mean, underrated if if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot
2: of people argue whether or not he should be uh, up for the Hall of Fame when it's time. Uh, he didn't have some of the longevity that some running backs have, which obviously is difficult
11: in the position. Yeah. Do you think he's a Hall of Fame running back? Um, I don't know the metrics of how people get into the Hall yeah. of Fame, but if you were to ask me, I think down the road there, there's respect for sure owed there, um, and I could see that happening. Um, it just depends on the metrics of how to get in. I mean there's you know, Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch, those yes. guys I definitely, you know, they have to have a gold jacket, but um, there's a lot of deserving guys that don't have one. Yeah. So, you know, it all depends on how, how they see it.
2: I guess for me it's just when I look at Jamal Charles, I say that's one of the best running backs I've ever seen. Yeah. Period. And I think he played long enough. Maybe he doesn't have the numbers that stack up because of some of the injuries, but one of the absolute best running backs I've ever seen play the game, for me that's Hall of
11: Fame
4: yeah
5: what's one of the hardest transitions from college into the nfl like you you, you talk with some running back and like you know pass protection is very difficult that that's a very hard skill to pick up but just for the fans everyone at home as well what was
11: some of the hard transitions from college to the pros i would say the load mentally when you have to learn how to do things not just not just be a great back or or you know go out there and, and ball, but you have to learn how to ball um, effectively against miles Garrett and, <laughs> yeah. and against Khalil Mack and yeah. Kenny Clark and yeah I mean I can name Fred Warner you you yeah. have to know how to effectively ball against these guys it's, it's not just go out there and you're you're one of the best anymore it's go out there and yeah you're one of the best but now there's a lot more to it a lot more details to it and so uh when you kind of see that and you learn that that's the hardest part i think is learning that part of it because uh i tell you right now uh vontaze perfect my rookie year ran through my face <laughs> and and <laughs> he's done that a lot <laughs> and, 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 and yeah that's that's the name where you're like okay you expect that but yeah. that was one of those moments where you know in like past protection yeah you can pick up this guy but He's still going to try and get to the quarterback, whether you're in front of him and you're in the right position or not. So the details of trying to actually stop this guy is a lot different at this level.
2: But we know you got to get out of here real quick before you go. Who's got the, who's going to win it on Sunday?
11: I got the 49ers. 49ers? I I got to root for those guys. Oh man,
5: after you just guy. gave Jamal some love. Oh man, yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I,
11: I'm a Christian McCaffrey. Debo was my class. You know, sure, I sure. Got some love for those guys. Where yeah.
5: can folks go to I Am Gifted?
11: Um, CriticClothing.com is where you can shop I Am Gifted merchandise, and you can find, find us uh, on Instagram at IAmGifted.foundation to see all the great things that we're trying to do and the impact that we're trying to have on people's lives. Awesome. Thank Fantastic. you, guys. All right. Thank Appreciate, you. It. Appreciate it. Hey, hey, good man. luck next yeah. year. Thank Take you. care, man. Appreciate yeah. you guys.
5: That was a lot of fun, man. I oh, love awesome. I love talking. To, yeah. Running backs are, are so fun to talk to, getting their inside perspective. And, again, we got a little JC love, huh? A little JC got a love. a little
2: JC love. Although, man, I got to tell you, I think his clothes look terrific. But I'm not quite sure the T-shirt would look the same on me.
5: You think it might not show off your guns the same? Uh, do, yeah. You know, um, he's in shape,
2: man. It's unbelievable. Uh, you think so? Every time I come to one of these NFL events, I just feel worse and worse about myself. You know, like... I'm like, man, I couldn't even le- like be in a like,
5: halfway decent shape. These guys are like action figures. When I stood next to uh, Miles Garrett yesterday, um, his bicep was bigger than my dome.
2: Yeah, well, Joe, I mean, Shannon Sharp, my God. He's got to be bigger than when he played
5: now. Oh, dude, his, he's huge. He, his arm was the size of my torso. Huge. That guy is a very large human being. Um...
2: So we're going to have DeMarcus Ware coming up. By the way, this is the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Do me a favor. If you're watching on YouTube, there's like 62 of you watching. There's four likes on this video. Hook us up. Come on. Hit that like button. Uh, uh, Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, there's 28 likes. All right, there's 28 likes. That's still not enough. There's still 60 of you watching. Uh, Let's go one-to-one. Hit that like button if you think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl on Sunday. He's pandering right now. I am pandering. I am am a company man, and... uh, I got a job to do. All right, so we're gonna be going for a while. We're not even close to being done. We've got Demarcus Ware, but don't go anywhere. Demarcus Ware, Kayvon Thibodeau, Marshall Newhouse is gonna be dropping by. The super agent Lee Steinberg, who they made Jerry Maguire based on, is gonna be stopping by at one o'clock. We got T.J. Edwards coming, um, Andrew Zimmerman, and More- Moreland Greenwood. I mean, this is just the line. C.J. Mosley. And then this one, it's way down the list here. Mac Hollins, Bruce Smith, the Hall of Famer, is going to be coming by.
5: Uh, excuse me now. You know us as a Hall of Famer. I'm pretty sure Demarcus Ware is now in the Hall of Fame.
2: We're going to have Michael Pittman. We're going to have Sean Merriman, who I know might not be the most
5: popular. I love Sean Merriman. Uh, uh, visit that we'll yeah. have today with the fans. Demarcus Ware, uh, this past season, into, into the Hall of Fame now. He's in there.
2: Uh, Pretty incredible, man. Um, Obviously, with the Cowboys, the Broncos, joining us right now.
12: Where I you at?
13: Year every year.
12: I knew it. What's up, the guy? How you doing, man? What's up, man? Good, man. What's up, fellas?
2: Oh, man. Uh, That's an awesome hat, too. Look at the Pepsi. You got it all rocking. You're with with Pepsi. What's going on? With Pepsi and
12: Go Bowling. So um, I'm here on behalf of Go Pepsi and uh, I'm going to say Pepsi and Go Bowling because we're here to bring community back to you yeah, might as well say the Super Bowl. When you think about bowling, you think about family, you think about friends competing. Yeah. It's something that everybody can do. And so we've got two amazing companies together, and all the proceeds are going to go to the NFL Foundation to really help out communities around the world. And if, if you're not here, cool. Go to go bowling.com. There's a lot of things that aren't free. <laughs> go but If you bowling. go to go bowling.com, you get free admission to your local area at this time, and you can actually get involved. in those proceeds will go uh, to the NFL Foundation, so you still it'll still benefit this whole cause. Um, but it, it's one of the cool things I get to do, um, and also compete. Yeah. I'm still a competitor. I might not be able to beat you on the football field anymore, but if I get that bowling ball in my hand, I don't care if you're two to 42. <laughs> you can still take that L. Oh, well, I assure you, you, sure? you could beat us on the football field. Yeah, on the foot, yeah, yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, maybe. Not I'm not gonna try.
2: <laughs> man, almost broke my hand, shaking my hand over here. No, you still got it, man. So listen, um, it, I gotta. This is incredible. You sang the national anthem at the Hall of Fame game. I think that surprised a lot of people. Uh, how did that come about?
12: And how long
5: are you gonna um, sing?
12: We were at the luncheon once you find out um, after NFL honors, I think, yeah. and right after you go to like a little luncheon, you introduce yourself, and the, and the last thing you have to you know, give them is, what is something we don't know about? I said, well, not I sing. And I sung a song and, you know, real hyped and feeling good. They were like, hey, DeMarcus, you want to sing the national anthem? I said, sure. (laughs) I got you. And then like two months out, when I started practicing, I said, oh my God, (laughs) what am I doing? It's a hard song. I can't carry a note. I was forgetting the words. And I said, I got to do this when? In four months, so I got a coach. I practice three days a week. Practice the whole thing. I said they told me if you can keep the right note the whole time. If you don't mess up on the words, you're going to be okay. You're going to get scrutinized regardless <laughs> yeah. because you're not a professional. I said that's exactly yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly right. And uh, I remember my coach. He told me he said this is YouTube worthy. I said what do you mean? He said probably about nine or ten million people will be watching it. I said, thanks for telling me that and adding that to it. But it, it ended up being something great because I did it for one of my uh, former teammates, Demarius Thomas, you know, RIP to him, and we used yeah. to sing it on the sideline. And I said, what would that feel like to just sing it And I know what it feels like now.
4: Hey,
5: m- more pressure singing the national anthem or uh, in the Super Bowl?
12: More pressure singing the national anthem because you're by yourself. Oh, yeah, good You're call. by yourself and you can't
5: hide at all. <laughs> yeah.
12: Now, when it's a team sport you're playing, you can make a mistake here and there, but no, the national anthem, whew, that, that's a totally different beast.
5: What was your experience? You got inducted into the National Football Hall of Fame this past season. Yeah. What was that like for you? Was that always a goal? I mean, honestly, you always have goals, right? But was that, when did that expectation come into your mind that this is going to happen, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer?
12: Um, you, you never set a goal that you can't achieve when it's not in your, when you can't, do it yourself. And what I mean by that is defensive player of the year, NFC player of the year, winning a Super Bowl, all that you can do yourself. Yeah. But with the with the Hall of Fame, it's somebody else nominating you in there because of your resume. So it's not in your hands anymore. So I never thought about making the Hall of Fame, but I said I want to be the best player in the NFL every single year. And hopefully that resume is good enough to be a Hall of Famer. And, and that ended up being that way, and so it felt really good.
2: I have a question I like to ask pass rushers, and that is, if you could sack one player in NFL history that you never got to sack, who would it be?
12: Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. So it took me 12 years to get a sack on Philip Rivers, but it wasn't that 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 when you know that their lungs got crushed and then you like laid on them and you know that they felt that. Yeah. Um, it was one of those ones where he just slid. He said, "All right, Demarcus, it's cool, you got me." You finally got <laughs> your sack, and he knew. <laughs> That I, I yeah. that he knew that because I talk about it all the time in the interviews. <laughs> yeah. And he slid down and I just touched him like that. He yeah. said, "You finally got your sack." I'm going to retire this year anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it. Oh. oh, he, oh, he's a trash talker. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. if I could rewind the tape, <laughs> you would have made me go. Oh gone <laughs> man, I oh. wish you would have stayed
2: up. <laughs> uh, well, we know you got to get out of here. We really appreciate you stopping by one more time. Where can people find out about what you're working with?
12: All right. So I'm here on behalf of uh, Go Bowling and Pepsi. And it's benefiting the NFL Foundation. What we're doing, we're having a huge tournament. All the proceeds are going to go to the NFL Foundation to help the community. And if you can't be here right now, um, part of this tournament, you still can do it at home. Just go to GoBowling.com, um, sign up, and you get a free a free admission to Go Bowling. And those proceeds go to the NFL Foundation so you still can be part of it. And uh, Go Bowling! Pretty awesome! Cool, man. We thank you yeah, for coming thanks, by. man. Appreciate hey, you. Thank you, all, man. Thanks, yeah. man.
2: Thanks, you great you to you. Ride the homes right now. Right. Yeah.
12: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, that was awesome. uh I could have. I wish we'd had more time with him. I know. And, you know, these guys, especially a guy like Demarcus. I mean, they're moving from so table to table. We got people coming through here. um He was he was a terrific one, Kevon Tibbitt. What's up, man? How, how you doing? doing? Appreciate it. Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming by. I don't have long enough arms to go across the table. Yeah. You know, too much. Too much. Yeah, Oh, so you? No, we. But we were just talking about how hungry uh, we are. You're working with Campbell's
8: Chunky. Exactly. Talk us about that. They sack hunger, baby. Come on, Chunky empty, sacks hunger. You know they. Um, they donated four million meals, man. It's amazing. You know when you talk about the impact and being able to be uh, a resource. Obviously, you know Chunky has uh, donated these meals on our behalf as a as a part of an initiative. Uh, chunky sacks hunger, and you know being in the league and being able to get sacks. I mean, what else could you ask for? Yeah, right.
5: Uh, Something a little interesting that people might not know about you, you love chess. Yeah. Right? Come on. One, how did that love for chess begin? And two, how does it affect you on the football field, trying to think a couple steps ahead here?
8: Um, You know, honestly, it's just training. You know, I I use it like when I wake up and right before I go to sleep to kind of get my gears going. You know, I almost play chess before I take a test. So you think about, um, even pregame, matter of fact, but you think about being able to uh, get those different parts of your brain working. and. Thinking multiple steps ahead, and you know when bullets are flying, you gotta have quick reactions and quick thinking. So I played with the clock. It started back in high school, and uh, it's been going ever since. Yeah.
2: Who's the best offensive line you've faced in the NFL so far? Uh,
8: as a complete O line, or yeah. one one individual person? I would person? say complete O line. Complete O line. Like who are the guys you go up against? You're like, ah, oh, not these guys again. Nobody. I don't. I don't Nobody? say that, <laughs> but I would say the Eagles obviously have a great D line with Jason Kelsey and, and the two guys yeah. on the edge. Yeah. They, they're they're. Uh, up there one of the better teams.
5: As far as just defensive line in general, I think it takes guys a long time to make that transition from college to the pros. I don't care how good you were in college, yeah. it gets a little different in the NFL. You see it all the time. Again, solid rookie year, four sacks. You know, I know you missed a few games, but four sacks. Then this year, you really broke out with 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. What is it like going from college to the pros and then that? Year? Jump from year one into your sophomore season.
8: Well, I think it's just understanding that you know you aren't a superhero anymore. You yeah. know, uh, you know, college and high school, you were kind of able to, to take over the whole game. Granted, you still there are some guys, and when you are good enough and reach that level, you can take over a game, right? Yeah. There are games that I've been able to take over, but when you think about, it, you have to be able to kind of take a piece of humble pie and contribute where you can, you know. And that's understanding that you're not just going against O lineman, you're going against a defensive coordinator, you're going against a head coach, you're going against a whole system, yeah. you know. So being able to uh, just continuously impact the game is probably the most important part. Did you have a
2: pass rusher that you watched while you were growing up that that you idolized or modeled your game after? I I didn't
8: watch much football growing up, but when you say once I started getting recruited in high school, Von Miller. You know, Once I kind of really stuck to it, he was a guy who's a real technician. Obviously, he's a guy gifted talent, but he's a guy who really hones in on his craft.
5: Have you gotten to meet Vaughn?
8: Yeah, I actually have. We've chopped it up. You know, I've I've, I've tuned in on his past Rush Summits. Um, but he dropped a lot of gems that I've been able to take with me.
5: Cool. What's it like playing in New York? Obviously, massive media market there. Yeah. They're very, very passionate. They're passionate. They're, they're trying to get back at to the top. What's Come it on. like playing in New York?
8: Um, it's a blessing, bro. You, you wouldn't really want to be anywhere else, especially when you talk about the fandom. It's like, why would I want to play in, you know, Timbuktu where guys yeah. aren't even showing up to the games? And I'm from L.A. You yeah. know, we know yeah. L.A. Nobody, it's so many sports teams, so many things going on that nobody's showing up. Sure. But in New York, it's the same thing, and everybody's still showing up. Yeah. So, you know, the love that the fans have for the game is kind of what makes it great.
2: If you could sack one quarterback, pass could be somebody's playing now that you haven't sacked, yeah. or
8: somebody from the
2: 80s, who would it be and why?
8: Man, I wanted to sack Tom Brady, but, you know, he got out before I was here just <laughs> because. <laughs> he saw you
5: coming. He was like, I'm done. Yeah, he's a GOAT. He's yeah. a GOAT.
8: So, you know, you definitely get one of those out of my belt would have been dope. But, you know, shout out to him.
5: As far as you graduated from the University of Oregon, right, that, that's a powerhouse school, mm. man, I feel bad. I, I was rooting for them against Washington. I'm not gonna, Don't tell Michael Pinnick. Don't right? tell him now. I'm not. Don't tell him now. But what was that like going from the West Coast and then now all of a sudden you're on the East Coast? Uh, it was a little bit of a change because of the weather.
8: You know, being a California guy, you know, it's sunny all the time, and now you really get four seasons in New York. But I like it. I love it, man, when you talk about, you know, just being able to see a different part of the world, different part of the landscape, and a lot of history there. It's been amazing.
2: Which quarterback have you faced over your career that has
8: been the hardest to sack, most slippery, most frustrating? Most slippery right now got to be Jalen Hurts. He's really strong, Mm. got a strong lower body. Um, I I think I
5: almost got him, but it's
8: really tough, man. You got to have a good center of gravity. When you look at what
5: Patrick Mahomes does, right, I mean, he is very unique, brings a a different skill set than a lot of other quarterbacks. You look at how many times he drops back in a game, then you also look at the underlying stats. Hardest to sack in the NFL statistically. Um, you get the chance to, to go up against him one-on-one. What are you doing? You, you, um, he's I'm, right there in your grasp. <laughs> I'm, I'm,
8: I'm grabbing every piece of cloth I can. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I'm shoelace tackling. I'm doing whatever I can to get him down.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, all right. So we got the Super Bowl coming up here. Just a few days now. 49ers, Chiefs. Which team do you think has the edge in this one?
8: Uh, right now I'm going to go with the 49ers. We got some ducks on that team, you know, and... I want to see him win.
5: Man, come on! You see, you see the chief behind you. I you see made it. a lot of folks angry right now.
8: Listen, you can't, <laughs> you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I'll be honest, he's he's a legend, right? Living legend in the flesh. But, like I said, I got to roll with the ducks
5: what do you do when the offensive line is trying to take you out of a game? Because now you're getting to this point of your your career, right? As a rookie, you have some one-on-one opportunities. Maybe even this year, in your second year, one-on-one opportunities. When you get 11 and a half half sacks your second year, you're now going to be the guy that teams scheme against. How are you prepared to try and handle that?
8: Just keep getting better, man. you got to keep honing in on your craft, and now you got to work triple moves, uh, quadruple moves, whatever it's going to take, you know, and continuously keeping a good motor. And then it's all about the scheme. You know, hopefully with the new defensive coordinator that we have, we can work some schemes and and start to uh, see where I can move around and, you know, use my versatility.
5: What are expectations for the Giants next season? Obviously, Daniel Jones coming back. Uh, DeVito had a little fun with it. But what's that like, especially on the defensive side of the ball? You see your starting quarterback go down. You know what? It's tough not to, in your mind, say, oh, great. What are we going to have here? How, how does that affect you mentally as a defensive player and also expectations for next year?
8: We want to win. I'll be honest. You know, he got hurt and, and he's he's coming back healthy. He's coming back stronger. Uh, I'm excited uh, for the season. But, yeah, man, we're trying to win as many games as possible and be back here next year and not doing interviews with you guys but actually playing. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: had four sacks in 2022 and 11 and a half sacks in 2023. What changed for you from that first season to last year?
8: If I'm being honest, I had a lot of great plays in my rookie year. I just wasn't finishing. You know it's just about finishing man you got to make the plays great players make the plays and uh, i was able to make some plays and you know i'm grateful for it
5: for over 25 years campbell's chunky has answered the call to fight hunger insecurity through our charitable work in local communities chunky sacks hunger come on we appreciate come on, baby. It what's on. your go-to what's your go-to oh man chicken noodle soup is this a spicy one come on oh that's the goat that's yeah. the best one right there come on what else if do you, you want? think i don't have four of those in my pantry right now right I mean, now come on now <laughs> i
8: got i got eight of them in there two of them are collecting dust because i always restock you gotta before restock. Yeah, you right. restock Case. before you run out you get to yeah. so there's yeah. two that's they're probably expired but they're still there i'm not getting rid of them
5: it's yeah. like if you get sick this is the best thing for it. it's going to clear your sinuses you put a little hot sauce in there too everything yeah, yeah. come on that's the way to go we appreciate hey. you came on thank you for coming by come on thank you hey good luck next year man yeah. yes sir awesome Kayvon thibodeau right there uh heading into his third year in the nfl Good rookie season. Phenomenal sophomore year. Thank you. Oh, we don't get to eat the soup? Yeah, It wasn't real soup. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I felt I I, I just grabbed it. It It was empty, everyone. I I thought it was full. Almost flung it. Almost flung it. (laughs) don't throw soup
2: don't throw chunky what's up man Patrick
5: hey Sterling I was gonna give you a fist bump that was very awkward that was was horrible well well, I had my left hand out you know thank you (laughs) well a lot of times guys have been sitting back and they're trying to give me a handshake what am I supposed to do I'm not I'm not an athlete over here I don't have the the arm length over here so we got Marshall Newhouse
2: here 11-year NFL veteran a Super Bowl champion an (laughs) entrepreneur retired in 2020 you played for like half the league
6: yeah <laughs> i was on my my ryan fitzpatrick uh, track as a lo- yeah. as an offensive lineman
2: yeah yeah so um you played in a lot of places what
4: what
8: which
6: which place had the best home environment uh i think i mean it's a standard answer but it's true as from a, a purely football standpoint it was lambo it was green bay yeah. yeah it's like the mecca if you're a football fan and like I didn't understand it fully when I was there. I was the longest, my longest stint, four years, but like running out on the field, getting introduced at Lambeau, there's like nothing that comes close to it. Yeah. Is it the loudest? No, but like a night game in Lambeau against the Bears, like there's not much better mm-hmm. if you're just a pure football fan. Yeah. yeah. Especially too because you always beat the Bears. Well, yeah, we were good. That helps. <laughs> you know, I had a Hall of Fame quarterback, and yeah, that yeah, was it was a lot of fun.
2: Did you when you played? Uh, I assume on played in this many teams. You played Arrowhead once or twice. What was your opinion of Arrowhead Stadium?
6: uh the stadium atmosphere is incredible like yeah. when they were in the fans were into it yeah. it doesn't make sense from like a physics you're like this is an open stadium this shouldn't be this loud and yeah yeah it's just ear piercingly loud and um i played there at, uh, as a packer uh, raiders other other teams and uh they can get really raucous and you're like oh man this is it, it's one of the ones that surprises you you yeah. you're like you hear about it and then you get there and experience it you don't believe it and you're like oh crap okay uh watching my center's head for the silent count I didn't take it seriously all week but now I have to yeah Yeah. did y'all smell the barbecue on the way in (laughs) yeah you see the the tailgating scene like when you roll up to the the campus it's kind of removed from the city there's just cars already in line even if it's a noon game they said they've been in line since since 6 a.m tailgating you're like oh man if I wasn't playing I'd love to be there it'd be a nice place to be yeah
5: how hard was it going from team to team to team like that how do you have to adjust your game because obviously different quarterbacks different blocking styles, yeah. different different dropbacks. like Mahomes for example drops back deep, right? right? I know obviously he wasn't, not a guy you block for, but in general Aaron Rodgers is gonna be different than anyone else. Yeah. What was that like for you as a player having to adjust all those times?
6: It was extremely difficult and I, I didn't really, in real time I didn't realize how difficult it was, I was just doing it, it was kind of survival sure. mode. And each place, I, a new place I would get to, I would try to start picking up on intricacies of the offense, snap count, you know, the the quarterback step, stuff like that. And then even blocking schemes, blocking techniques. There are some offensive line coaches who wanted things done a certain way. Ultimately, you know, when you play for a lot of different places, you're like, I need to win the block more than I need to do it his way. But you're trying to find that balance because you want to be a good teammate. You want them to know that you're bought in. But yeah, everything from where is the training room, my routine before practice, getting taped, like everything changes. And so doing that over and over again, I got used to it, but it's really hard. Most people, move jobs maybe three four times in their entire life i did it eight times in 11 years not barring college not barring anything in the off season so it's a lot definitely so we got
2: this big super bowl matchup coming up that's one of the reasons why we're all here yeah how important is offensive line going to be offensive line play going to be in this game do you think
6: i mean it'll be extremely important that seems obvious but it's i think people kind of uh, overlook it a little bit uh if you look back to the last time patrick Mahomes loans lost in the super bowl uh the big story was he wasn't his protection was not up to snuff yeah. um and i think Kansas city has better tackles this year uh, like don smith um but they're also you're seeing them intentionally and this is the, the to me the genius of annie reed the genius of patrick Mahomes. they're intentionally strategically protecting those guys. They're yeah. like, and it's not that they need protection like they're not good, they're just removing extra opportunities for one-on-ones and for guys to get beat. Pat Mahomes is on such a different plane of like awareness that he knows when going into a game, hey, this is a mismatch for us on the right side, left side, left guard, right guard, or whatever. And he uses that to his advantage. And so they know, sometimes we got a, two, we got a chip with a tight end and running back. Sometimes we just got to do play action under center. That protects alignment as well. Screens, they're the best in the league at like intentionally running screens. They do it so much in practice, uh, more so than I think anyone else does. And so those little things add up to, over the course of a game where there's 65 to 70 plays, instead of a tackle having to one-on-one pass block 25 times it's 20 times and that's five less times for a guy to get to pat and on the passes they run pat gets an extra half a second second and that's the difference in the game it's very it's there's minutia there and people kind of overlook it but that stuff is the winning edge when it comes to you know really winning these close games because this is a a toss-up game you look at the spread it's down to one and a half two now Mm -hmm. um and you want pat mahomes with the ball in his hands last and you want to give him every millisecond you possibly can and that comes both from doing your job as a player individually but then scheming stuff a little more creatively a little more intentionally
5: turf versus grass
6: there came a report
5: out <laughs> i think today it was 92 yeah. percent of the of the nfl players who vote they want grass yeah i'm assuming the eight percent's probably kickers i'm assuming that's, that's got to be the eight yeah. percent where do you land on grass versus turf and as far as an offensive lineman what are some of the differences there
6: yeah, I mean, I, I think I, land, I I played on grass in college, so I would say grass. Practice on grass. Our home field in college was grass. And every experience I've had with grass, because sometimes they're, we can get into it. they are different species of grass. Shit. It's kind of crazy nerdy. But some of these teams have 10-man crews that take care of that stuff. Yeah. They spend millions of dollars on this stuff. Most teams can, af- I think all teams can afford to do it, um, regardless of climate. Um, but it, there's a level of give. There's a level of, like, just, it's pure. Like, you're, the way your foot feels on the grass when you're trying to change direction, it's pure. And sometimes you'll slip if it's a little wet. But, like, we understand that. We take that into account. With turf, yeah, like, you know, we talked about when we're playing turf, a pass rush is going to be about 10% quicker off the ball. Everything's springier, and that just feels a little artificial. Not, You know, tongue-in-cheek also. But also, when you have to change directions and your foot gives out, your knee... Goes with it if you're on turf. If not, there's a clump in the grass. Yeah, you slip, but your knee doesn't get blown out. And so over time, also practicing on it, there's just less wear and tear on your joints. And so on aggregate, you're talking about taking months to years off a guy's career as well. People don't talk about that as much. So I'm definitely an advocate for grass.
2: So the Chiefs have an all pro guard in Joe Tooney, who's unlikely to play in this matchup because of a pec injury. Nick Allegretti stepped up for him last week. How difficult is it for an offensive line to adjust when a guy goes down? You got a new guy coming in, and now oh yeah, it just happens to be for the AFC Championship game, and now the Super Bowl.
6: Yeah, it's a big deal, and I play with Joe. He's an incredible, incredible guard. Such a he's just so consistent. Like you, people forget that he's there because he is so consistent and good at what he does. And Allegretti stepped in great in the AFC Championship game. But yeah, it. it, it, it's difficult i think it's a little easier at guard because you've got help from your center and your tackle on both sides sure um and you know they're less exposed especially i don't think you know san francisco as as stout in the middle with their d and they've got really good guys than hargrave and um but you know you'd say their strengths are probably on their edges um but i think they're you know uh is going to have a a, a an easier time acclimating because he's got help from a creed humphrey which helps and his tackle which helps um and so he's still got to perform there will still be times when the defenses are smart they're going to try to get him isolated this might be the weak point we're going to try to get our guy one-on-one with space not give him any help from his guards and we'll see if we can stand up but overall i think guards a little bit easier than other positions not to say it's an easy job sure. at all who's the hardest dude you had a block
5: who's a guy that you're like you know what oh great we got to play this guy this game yeah
6: no not looking forward to it man there's uh, i there's too many to name but i mean the, there's a couple that come to mind obviously miles garrett he's yeah. just like they don't make people like that you know he was from another planet and, i sat next to him yesterday yeah.
5: his bicep is bigger than my dude. Yeah. I'm like, i mean how,
6: you're- i I had friends who coached in college and they were scouting him in, in dfw and like this kid could play in the pros today And he was 17 at the time, 16 at the time. So he's a different animal, really hard to block. And he's getting smarter. He's getting stronger and smarter as his years go on. So I'm glad I got him. when I did, (laughs) I gave up a a spin sack to him. And I I had a turf in my eye and all this other stuff. I'm like, damn, I gave a a sack to Miles Garrett on Tom Brady. Didn't love that. And then the (laughs) other guy um, was JPP, Jason Pierre Paul, who, you know, people don't think of. Like, to me, his style was just so unique that it gave me particularly fits. He's such a a freak athlete as well. You saw him, remember back to when he was doing backflips pre-draft at USF? You're just like, he's built different as well. But he's less of a straight line guy he's got really long arms his body's just built different so he's a lot of lateral movement a lot of lateral quickness it's just hard to game plan for i played for new york in 2015 and 16. Yeah. got to practice against him every day so i got good at blocking him but then you realize yes i'm a better lineman for that but there's no one else who really rushes like that so it's, <laughs> how much good is that doing me yeah but he gave me a lot of fits when i was on the opposing team so jpp i'd say as well
2: so bill belichick parts ways with the with the patriots this year Kind of shocking, and then he doesn't have another job, which I just, I I think it's absolutely insane. I don't (laughs) understand. There were like seven head coaching openings. What's your take on that? Why is he sitting at home right now?
6: Yeah, this week I've been asked that a lot, and to me, there's parts of you that understand it and there are parts of you that like, oh, this is crazy. The parts of me that understand it come down to scarcity. There are only 32 teams, and at any particular year, there's anywhere from five to eight coaching openings. So ultimately, these owners are their own bosses. They make the rules. No one tells them what to do. So when he's in the meeting with the owner, he's asking for what he's asking for. He's got his standards that he has earned over his 20-year, six Super Bowl career that the owner might not want to acquiesce to. And ultimately, it's not a adversarial thing, but they just don't want to give up that control, and that's what he wants. That's his standard. And so when you talk about limited opportunities, it just might be that this go-around, there wasn't a good fit. But you're also like, this guy is a Hall of Famer, arguably not arguably, he's the best coach of yeah. all time in the NFL. Yeah. Someone should make room for him. So you see it from both angles. Um, I think this is going to be a good year for him to kind of take stock. Um, he's going to he's the best at educating players about football about their specific roles how they fit into things he's incredible at that i think he'll get better at that and i think come next year he's still got the itch he's still got the energy i think there will be another opportunity to find a fit again there will be limited opportunities and so you're like if nothing happens again i don't see it happening but if nothing happens again you have to just say ultimately the owner doesn't want to give up as much control as bill is willing to offer for and that is you see it from the ownership side but you all see it from bill it's like this is what it's going to cost yeah. and it's not even about money he doesn't need the money it's when he wants to do it he wants to do it his way and you get that so
5: yeah. uh, before we get you out of here yeah score prediction
6: Who oh wins? man that's the first score prediction of the week um, listen i think it'll be a really close game um, san francisco to me is the most well-rounded team position to position uh, you know brock purdy's playing well in his role and he's People forget he's in his second year, so he's learning how to excel in his role, and he'll get more opportunities to really rise above what they ask him to do. I still think at the end of the game, if the ball's in Pat Mahomes' hands with uh, down by a possession or tie game, I don't know how you bet against him. I don't know how you go against him. So, you know, fi- you know, people forget that Super Bowl's playoffs, scoring comes down. Their scoring was already down league-wide. Yeah. Scorings come down even more playoffs, even more in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I see this as like a – 28 27 game in that range uh some last minute heroics from pat um that's my kind of prediction just based on like this is this feels like he's take he has and continuing to take control of the league i don't see his his, his focus is so singular on like this is like my legacy yeah. and i don't know how you bet against pat mahomes can't bet against pat mahomes yeah
2: marshall thank you appreciate it. guys now i'm doing nuts yeah no problem so now we got it appreciate you coming by take <laughs> thanks care. guys Yeah. yeah. That was it's a cool hat too. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, was, I like, I like yeah, that Marshall hat. Newhouse, he's into all kinds of stuff, man. Cryptocurrency, real estate. Um, looks like he's gone on. He's gone on the mic too. Maybe he's got a shot in uh, picking up one of these media jobs as well. Really insightful.
5: I love getting inside of guys who have bounced around a lot as yeah. well. Yeah, um, I mean, we
2: even get to ask. Him, he played for Aaron Rodgers, or the Super Bowl. I mean, it's crazy.
5: Well, well, the, the the reason why. Look at some of the comments right now. You guys are killing me right now. Uh every time take a sh- take a shot every time I talk about Miles Garrett's bicep. Come on. <laughs> you have to be too drunk and we're
2: You all, to you all get up here and do like 5 drink hours of
5: uh, of radio.
2: Hi Lee, how you doing? Lee
5: Steinberg.
13: How are
5: you? How you doing? Hi, good. That's a lovely suit right there. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's a nice jacket.
13: Thank you. <laughs>
2: All right, we got Lee Steinberg. Uh, Obviously, it's the Super Bowl. You're here, you've been to a lot of Super Bowls. Um, And uh, this is, uh, are you throwing your uh, 37th Super Bowl party? Is that what I'm hearing about
13: here? Uh, This is my 50th year representing athletes. And because I started in 1975. But we'll have our 37th Super Bowl party. And it's a platform for showcasing Special Olympics, for example, and trying to raise money and awareness around that issue. We have a concussion summit with uh, people, neurologists, coming from a variety of different fields to talk about awareness, prevention, and cure. We do humanitarian awards to highlight philanthropic things that, like Kevin Warren, the president of Chicago Bears, will get one. This year, we have a poker tournament with... um, Jamie Gold and uh, Phil Helmuth, uh, and celebrity players. And we have an esport competition, which will have Michigan versus Michigan State. So we got a few things going on.
2: You got a lot going on. You work with Special Olympics. We actually are working with Special Olympics as well. We have a Special Olympics reporter here. Uh, So we got to ask you about being an agent. I mean, how, how does being an agent change when you're dealing with athletes from different sports? Is it always the same or is it different NFL guy, NBA guy?
13: The, the sports are a little bit different. The football is a team sport, so you've got athletes in, into that. And most of them have gone to college so they're a little more sophisticated basketball is much more an individual sport so where i represented 90 football players uh, your basketball practice would be much smaller because those players would call every day hockey is supposed to be the nicest players and um um, and baseball somewhere in between
5: how does the nil throw a wrench in all of this as as an agent, <laughs> i saw the head shake right there but just how does it throw a wrench in everything as an agent what do you have to do to uh to adjust with that with the addition of nil
13: so this has been the most revolutionary year in terms of college athletics the conference realignments the what what you're seeing in terms of gambling I mean we're here in Las Vegas this was never going to happen right the NFL would never be in Las Vegas but here we are Um, but NILs have revolutionized the fact that now you have players in high school who are branding and marketing themselves and um, so normally I wouldn't talk to a football player until his junior year But all of a sudden, if you don't sign a 16- or 17-year-old as a marketing agent, um, you may never have a chance to talk to him again if he signs with someone else. The other thing is the use of it in in recruiting high school to college and in transfer portals. Because these collectives have gotten together and there's now a bifurcation between the big alumni schools and smaller schools and they may offer a player eight million dollars in endorsement money if he comes to school x or if he transfers from school x to school y that's different and um, the ncaa could have uh, cured this by allowing a more expansive amount of money for players from uh, heavier backgrounds that don't have a lot of financial support, but they didn't. So now the uh, it's exploded in unintended ways.
5: Is there any way for it to be advantageous as far as, I guess, one way is if you get to a 16 or 17-year-old early, they might be loyal and stick with you throughout their high school, college, and professional career. Now, that's obviously going to be lucky. Not all those guys are going to go go pro. We know a small amount of those people will be going pro, but you have the opportunity there. I guess the other way would be when you get these guys at the highest level now, if they do decide to change agencies, they've already been dealing with agents now since they've been younger. Wouldn't, is there a way for that to be more advantageous as they might know more about what you guys can provide?
13: Well, you have a more sophisticated athlete who's aware of social media, and the currency of everything today is how many followers you have on Twitter, how many followers you have on uh, TikTok or, or Instagram. And. Um, so yes theoretically you could have a longer relationship and that would bond you stronger uh, uh, when you got to the pro ranks
2: so you're credited as being the real life inspiration for for jerry mcguire i'm sure you get asked about this a lot in the movie he has sort of a an aha moment and writes this sort of manifesto about how how agents should have their relationships and represent their athletes What's been your personal philosophy throughout your career about you know, taking
13: care of these players? The first key is listening. So you have to draw out another human being who's male and not so easily sharing feelings yeah. to tell you what really is critical and important to him. Not what the outside world thinks, but what that is. Then we want athletes who are understand the power of sports to be role models. And who will go back and set up a high school scholarship fund and a collegiate scholarship, and then at the pro level, a charitable foundation so that um, work done just put the 200 single mother and her family into the first home they'll ever own by making a down payment and moving them in. Athletes that will make a difference. We can tackle any problem, bullying. Uh, sex trafficking through athletic role modeling. So, when I had the heavyweight boxer Lennox Lewis cut a public service announcement that said, Real men don't hit women, it could do more to trigger behavioral change in rebellious adolescents than a thousand authority figures should. So, it's the athlete's role model, it's a holistic view of what other talents they have to utilize in second career
5: what's the hardest part about dealing with so many of these high-end players what's the hardest part I mean you've had what was it eight number one overall draft picks I mean a lot of times those guys they've always been the guy they're used to being the alpha there used to be the guys in charge now you're trying to say hey hold down a little bit now we're trying to do what's best for you in your career is it tough sometimes reeling people back into the real world
13: well for example um, we Talked to patrick mahomes about not doing any endorsements the first couple years yeah and so that would allow his talent on the field to to come before he's on a whole series of ads and he's on a whole series of things so it's 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 trying to to measure out a, a career path that keeps the athlete grounded and um and Mahomes is really grounded, and so that that's a key.
4: Yeah.
2: So you've dealt with so many famous faces over your career. Have you ever been starstruck? Is that even possible at this
13: point? Probably not in sports. If if Sandy Koufax came back, mm-hmm. I mean, I was a young kid when the Dodgers were Koufax and Maury Wills, yeah. um, so when I got to be friends with Maury Wills, that was... I thought very cool, Um, but not in team sports. Do you have a favorite person you've
5: represented? I know obviously just that, but do you have like a favorite person? Like, you know what, they were so easy to work with. It was great. The relationship still lasts today. Do you you have any of those types of players? Warren
13: Moon went through six years in Canada, 17 in the NFL. Um, We sort of grew up together. We were together for 23 years and then worked together after his uh, career. And, um, um, and he was a superb role model who set up charitable programs at his high school and has, still has a uh, foundation that helps send kids to college.
2: Has a player ever actually said, do you show me the money?
13: No, that line came from Cameron Crowe the writer-director was following me around, and he went out to the league meetings in 1993. And there was a safety named Tim McDonald who was going to leave Arizona and go to—he ended up with the 49ers. So he followed that process. They went upstairs in the hotel room, and Cameron sort of said, "What are you looking for in the process?" Well, Lou Dobbs and Moneyline was on in the background, and Tim gestured towards the screen. He said, "I'm looking for a team that will." show me victory i'm looking for a team that's gonna show me this and that and then somehow out of that came show me the money
5: (laughs) uh there's lee steinberg day out there in california out there in san fran i didn't realize that you helped prevent the san francisco giants from going to florida um i I think it's kind of i'm 29 so i was uh, born two years after but i actually had zero idea there was even a possibility of that how were you able to help prevent such a historic franchise in the Giants? from going to Florida.
13: Which was funny because I grew up as a Dodger fan, but <laughs> the mayor of San Francisco, Frank Jordan, called me up and asked me to if he could help because they, the Giants had signed a binding agreement with a group of businessmen in Tampa Bay, Florida, and they were gone. And so I said, well, first of all, we got to turn around the concept that it's a fait accompli. Because the National League has to approve it, so let's organize people around that. And Then we have to figure out a stadium plan for a new stadium, and then we have to bring some new investors into it. And so I worked on that for about six weeks, and um, and we saved the team. And uh, then the people in Tampa sued me for three and a half billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: what's your current uh, What's your current opinion on what's going on with the Oakland A's right now?
13: Um. You know, I spent half my life in the Bay Area. I have deep roots in um, Berkeley, Oakland. Um, I wish it would stay. I just don't think the city prioritized it. I saw the mayor here was pushing back in Las Vegas on the A's thing. I was chairman to save the Rams. I like teams to stay where they are unless there's a compelling reason to switch. The A's need a new stadium. Yes. That stadium, when I was part of Save the A's, which I did with Mayor Elihu Harris, um, we had to find new owners. And so, um, but, but they need a new stadium. And what happened is all sorts of promises were made to the A's about that stadium that when the Raiders came back from Los Angeles were never fulfilled so it's not a very good stadium for football or for uh, baseball.
5: How common, and maybe not as much anymore with the prevalence of social media and everything's out there now, but how common was it for a team to either threaten to move, have legitimate thoughts of moving? You know, obviously, I'm from Kansas City. We used to have an NBA team, the Kansas City Kings. No longer, they went to Sacramento, but before that, obviously, they were the Kansas City Omaha, and then before that it was Cincinnati. Is it fairly common at least back in the day, for teams to threaten to move, or is that again part two right here?
13: Every single team that has a stadium over 15 years old wants the new stadium with luxury boxes and premium seating and uh, uh, naming rights and and jumbo scoreboard. So they all threaten the city that they may leave if they don't get what they want. And, you know, you could probably play football in the L.A. Coliseum for another hundred years and it'd be fine. There's nothing wrong with these old stadiums. And so then the big fight becomes who's funding what? Because are you going to put money into a two billion dollar stadium or use it on schools? Um, So the privately funded ones make sense.
2: So we're here at the Super Bowl. And I think somebody who's who's been to so many Super Bowls yourself. I think the get-in price, I mean, it's like six, seven, eight thousand dollars 8000 for this one. Do you feel like the NFL should do something to, to keep it so that it's not so corporatized and that the average fan actually has a chance to get a, a ticket to see the game? The
13: problem with this particular game is that probably, I don't know the right percentage, but maybe it's 40% of the seats go to corporations instead of fans rooting for one of the teams. So, the minute you take that out of the mix, I mean, the average ticket price right now is $10,700. It's the average. Um, and the, um, I, I could get tickets through the team. That meant I could get the right to buy two tickets for $4,500 a piece. Yeah. I don't think it makes sense for a sport to forget about the fact you have to grow the Sport in the future, and I would always set aside seats if I ran a team or a stadium for working people and kids and make sure that like if you just did 10,000 seats at every game, that would be, you know, uh, 100,000 people who would have enjoyed the sport uh, that otherwise couldn't have come.
2: Yeah. You see all these fans around here at the Mandalay Bay and at the NFL Experience, and I talk to them. I say, you go into the game, and they just all laugh. They say, no, we can't, but we want to be around it. Um, So it would be great to see some sort of system to allow the everyday fan to have a shot.
13: You know, it's funny. In my early days, I used to offer that to teams and say, "Um, we'll we'll take a little less in pay if you'll adjust the ticket prices. Nobody ever took me up on that.
5: Lee Steinberg, legendary agent. Again, 37th birthday for our Super Bowl party up in here. It's awesome. Yeah. Lee, we really appreciate thank you, thank it. thank you for coming by. appreciate My it. My pleasure. Thank, thank you so much for your time yeah. and yeah. In your welcome. insight. I mean, that's yeah. just... The NIL stuff especially is just yeah. so it's changing everything,
2: right? Changing everything. Guys staying in college longer than they would have. And, um, and
5: again, that's what the smart was. guys do. It's what made Lee as great as he's been for so long. Is they understand the changing landscape, and a lot of the smart, smart ones, I think, will be in here a long time. While if you don't adjust, you're gone.
2: I'll take a. I'll take a Red Bull. Uh, we're getting
5: asked by Hunter if we need anything: uh, a jug, a bucket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll take a Red Bull, too. Red Bull. Sugar-free if you can. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Give me extra sugar, please. I don't Uh, think you understood my joke if I need a bucket. Oh, my gosh. What are those? Lemon and
2: limes? (laughs) You are watching the Arrowhead Attic podcast live at the Super Bowl. If you're watching over there on YouTube, do me a solid and hit that like button. And if you're new here, why aren't you subscribed? Hit 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 the little bell so you know whenever we go live. Oh. Yeah, and we're having a meet-and-greet tonight. Producer Richard reminding me that after we get done with this marathon stream that we've been doing, they're going to drag us over to the Mandalay Bay. You can see what two walking corpses look like at 5 o'clock Mandalay Bay uh, Lobby. Look for this this little sign. Sterling and I just – we want to meet some of you guys. If you're here, if you're in Vegas, you're a Chiefs fan, you want to come talk a little ball with us, we're going to be there for about 30 minutes just hanging out. Um, hopefully we can get our hands on some some old fashions
5: uh, to to bring along. I don't need old fashions. I need straight bourbon. Inject it responsibly <laughs> yeah. into
2: my eyeballs. Just
5: inject Wh- the bourbon. Why would in my I eyeballs. want to do that? Why would I put a needle there? <laughs> what is this? The Eleven? Yeah. Like, come on now. Uh, um, yeah. Evan Doug says in-
2: he doesn't think you need any extra sugar. I
5: need all the sugar, Evan. I'm I'm dying over here. Yeah. My body hurts. My feet are destroyed.
2: We got a question here from woos guy watcher since 2019 question for sterling and patrick and the crew after the second year covering the super bowl how lucky proud do you all feel to be talking to all these legends and and and, uh proud of of your community um i can feel that when i was here last year i've covered the super bowl a couple times last year's the first time i did radio row the podcast a, a big part of that is because of you all have been supporting our show, and we want to do Arrowhead Addict here from Radio Live because we get to ask people a lot of Chiefs insights and things like that. We were able to bring Sterling along this year, who's been such a great addition to our program. It's special, man. Like, it's definitely a pinch you moment. I know that last year I got to interview Joe Montana, who is the reason I became a Chiefs fan, helped get me into football. And it was really special to, to, to get to shake his hand, ask him questions, talk ball with all these incredible people. We got to talk to Dan Marino yesterday. You've oh, yeah. talked to
5: Matt Ryan,
2: Drew Matt Brees. Matt Ryan, I Drew mean, Brees. It's just unbelievable.
5: It's fun because they're all very personable. It's a lot different than I think even I expected, where, yes, they're superstars, and yes, a lot of times they're plugging somebody. Yes, a lot of times they're used to being the guy, but 99% of them are just very nice. They actually want to know about your story as well. Yeah. Like I love talking to Drew Brees. Just uh, growing up, that was one of my favorite players. I love talking to uh, Sean Alexander. And when I was joking about him saying, you know, got a bone to pick with you for breaking uh, Priest Holmes records. Yeah. uh, He 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 laughed about it. Like, Kurt Warner. I told him like, you're the first Super Bowl. I remember these are guys that I grew up idolizing and watching that really got me into football. So for me. it's very special first time doing it never thought I would do this I had no idea I was ever gonna first off getting into radio four or five years ago I was working for the 76ers I thought I was gonna be a GM that was my goal like every nice. single kid who's ever tried to play you know NBA in franchise mode on, on major league baseball NFL nice. all that stuff I thought I was gonna be a GM and then I go you know what that seems impossible surprisingly i don't know the owners of teams being oh. a gm is very difficult to get into so anyone who worked the way up to a gm congratulations especially in today's day and age yeah but i thought what can i do to still talk sports be around sports got into sports talk radio aired addict me and matt connor started hanging out all yeah. of a sudden next thing you know patrick brings me along and uh a few years later now maybe year three yeah. where we're going on it's year crazy, three isn't it's isn't been a it? uh, been a dream man and now we're at the super bowl together and you actually had a, a an nfl
2: player compliment your watch and I, it is it is a nice watch but i just want to say, you like it, you who see was it was, stu- was
5: there orlando brown jr was it he
2: was around that time but you know you see some of the stuff these guys are wearing it's that's pretty high praise to get a compliment 60 dollars on, on your jewelry right 60 dollars. Yeah. i'm
5: a frugal man i buy everything on sale but it okay? looks good
2: it doesn't it doesn't all
5: need to be what do, what do you think of mine mag got me this beautiful you like that it's, it's beautiful a little, little
2: chiefs reddish to it
5: uh, appreciate Orange. you alex who says love you arrowhead addict best chiefs content out there no we love you alex yeah. uh savannah that's says y'all have such excellent energy i love it we're trying my energy is waning by the moment uh, I need Hunter with a Red Bull yeah. stat. And, and we look, we not
2: We're re- really, lucky to be here. But I, but I will say, we appreciate you guys watching because we know one, it's right smack during the middle of the workday. It's not our normal show time and all that stuff. And some of you, you know, Savannah, Tom, Evan, Flapjack, you guys support us day in and day out every week. And for you to be watching these marathon streams, look, look. I'm not trying to. This is really tiring. <laughs> I like, it is. You're tired, you know, Patrick. We're, we're in. You're Ter- tired. Just during. Sterling has been going way longer than me. But we're going to interview in this in this like, this Arrowhead Addicts show just today. Seventeen different people, and so it's you know it drains you. I was saying I, I fell asleep at eight o'clock last night. Um, but when we see you guys in the chat cheering us on, appreciating the content, that gets me going, man. Like that's that's better than a Red Bull for me. And so we appreciate you guys out there.
4: Cancel
2: the Red Bull. Cancel no, 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 no! Cancel! Don't it. Cancel the Red Bull. I just Bull. said it's better than a Red Bull. Not that I don't need the Red Bull. Um, Let's do it. All right, who we got coming up? Good. Here? How are you hey, doing, Sterling? Awesome. Nice TJ. to meet you, TJ. Patrick. Nice, nice to, meet to meet you, you. Yeah. TJ Edwards, linebacker. Played for the Eagles. Now with the Chicago Bears. Um, so you were what? You were in four years in Philly. Four years four in, four in Philly. Yeah. Yep. In Philly, and yep. then you go to the you go to the Bears. Um, what was that transition like after you know you had a home in philly and now you're uh you're you're over there in chicago
14: yeah i mean it you know at first it's a little different you know just because um you know philly was all i knew at that time coming out of school and um made some great connections and uh, met some awesome people and things like that you know my wife and i really uh, made it you know somewhat of a home and things like that but chicago is where i'm from so oh you're from chicago yeah going back home was um exciting man it was you know all, all my family's back there and things like that so it was uh it was good to go back for sure
2: I live, I live in chicago uh i live down on the south side in beverly okay uh, where'd, gotcha. you, where'd you grow up
14: so i grew up in like near gurney area okay. but yeah. i just say chicago because everybody does 100%. yeah my wife so i'm not I, even close buddy. yeah chicago <laughs>
5: people you guys are liars uh, Chicago people do that. yeah i'm chicago oh, oh we're in chicago yeah i'm four hours south as soon as he, as soon
14: as he goes i actually live in chicago I'm like all right here we go <laughs> you know, here okay, here. I'm, not, I'm not from chicago
2: i grew up in northeast ohio but my wife is born and bred chicago she grew up on the on the north side where about and, uh she in like Andersonville. Okay, gotcha. And uh, so her and I go to Cancun once a few years ago, and we're we're at, we're at this little bar called the Joint. Yeah, a lot of lot of Bob Marley. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. we're sitting. There, I can imagine. You know, yeah, and the bartender yeah, yeah. he makes us a he makes us a couple of, he makes a couple drinks and he. He says, "I'm from Chicago." My wife's like, "Where in Chicago?" Yeah, there you go. You know, she got wrong. I mean, he was—he uh, was probably like Palatine or yeah. something. You know? yeah, and she was like, "You're not from An Chicago." And then yeah, he was yeah. like, "I'm gonna." He had just given us free <laughs> drinks too, and he's taking the, the drinks away. But you get—you get into trouble. 100 um, percent.
14: No uh, traffic. I'm thirty minutes
2: away. When yeah, traffic's a little different, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, the Bears. Uh, you know, we're we're a Chiefs podcast here, and we actually gotcha. so. Uh, we, the Chiefs game, the Bears defense was not playing very well. That was well. a tough game. Yeah. I appreciate you game. bringing that up. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sorry yeah. about that. But, <laughs> no. but as the season went on, you know, I was watching, obviously, be, living in Chicago, I watched a lot of the Bears. Yep. And as the season went on, I was like, man, this is this unit is not playing the same way yeah. that it did earlier in the season. That happens sometimes, right? The Chiefs no offense wasn't very good most of the year They're in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What changed? What happened?
14: I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, we brought in like a lot of new faces and um, so I think a lot of it is just guys getting comfortable with one another, guys, you know, playing with chemistry, understanding exactly what they're supposed to do in the scheme and things like that. And um, I also think once things were, you know, they were, they were tough there at first, you know, it was, it was hard. And um, but I think guys just kind of got to the point where it's like, we're just going to go out there and play, you know, play free. And, uh not worry about you know all the little things and just go out there and just have fun fly around and and make plays and that's what we started doing for sure
5: last year you were part of a historically talented defense out there in philly yeah um obviously making your way to the super bowl again sorry about that yeah Uh, (laughs) Yeah. no no but but, but, (laughs) what 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 made that defense so special what made them so talented because just watching the eagles last year play you're like oh my goodness this is this is ridiculous and obviously you're no longer there yeah (laughs) yeah.
4: <laughs> look at the defense yeah. this year. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's
14: putting two and two together here. No doubt, yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's it's always hard to know kind of exactly what's going on when you're not in there and things like that. Um, I still know a bunch of those guys. I still text them, you know, all the linebackers over there, just texting yeah. them, making sure they're good. But um, that chemistry piece is so real, man. Like when everyone's not on the same page, everyone's not um, – you know, connecting and what what you're doing, bad things happen. And I don't know if that's what it was or anything like that, but um, I just know that's why we were so talented last year and why we played so well. And it also helped that our D-line was just – Absolute game records, so it's like a linebacker. Like I mean, <laughs> hey, great one, job, everybody.
5: I'm yeah, going yeah. one on no, one. I'm no, saying no you're doubt. gone. That, that's what happened. No doubt. Uh, yeah. The Chiefs Appreciate linebackers that. are very versatile, right? Yeah. Like, they might not be the biggest name in the NFL, right? I mean, Nick Bolton. I love. I'm a Mizzou guy. Yeah. So I love oh, Nick Bolton. Go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a dog, man. Will, Will, yeah. Willie Gate Jr. Right. He, he also he's very athletic. Good pass coverage. Drew Tranquil. A little bit of everything yeah. in there. And then the the young guy getting his due this year, Leo yeah. Neal. What do you see? What do you what do you see from those four guys in particular, and what Steve Speck has done because obviously every team uses linebackers different you have to be versatile you have to be able to adapt I think the Chiefs are a perfect example of that so what have you seen from them in, uh, in particular here
14: yeah, I mean, I always think it's, um, again, I think their, their D.C. does such a great job of kind of mixing looks and um, keeping them guessing. But like you said, there's so many versatile pieces over there. Um, and I know Leo because I, w- I went to Wisconsin, so I followed him and uh, know about him. That guy's just a absolute freak. Like, you shouldn't yeah. be that big running that fast. <laughs> um, but, again, I think Willie Gay and Nick Bolton are, are also very underrated guys, guys who can just do everything, man, and um, physicals can be and tranquil um, does his job but he also you know he makes those big time plays too and you've seen it in the playoffs um but no i think just with how they mix things up and kind of mess with your eyes and they're they're aggressive and they um you know they, they drop back when they need to just you know making their right, seem to be always making the right plays and that's what you need and um i'm very interested to see this game kind of how it goes for sure
2: hey you played the chiefs last year in the super bowl obviously so you had to prepare for the offense and then again in chicago this year mostly the same cast of characters on the offensive side of the ball what problems does this chief's offense present for an opposing defense
14: yeah i mean i don't know where you i don't know where you start you know i think um again i think an underrated thing about them is their run game and what pacheco brings and um again you know i think mahomes is is everything all the off script plays all the things him and kelsey do together um, in terms of you know just finding open space and things like that it's hard to it's hard to manage and um, you, gotta, you gotta get some turnovers, you gotta get some stops early to try to um, get your offense going a little bit, cause like we were talking about their defense is, is really strong as well, so I'm excited though. I think it's two teams that again in this game anything can happen man, and uh, all it takes is that that one Sunday, so I'm excited to see it.
5: What about- What's the transition like for a linebacker from college to the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Because I always hear yeah. a lot of folks talk about in, the, in college basically you let your talent shine through. Whoever's the more talented team most likely is going to win. NFL's a little different. Now they're trying to scheme a little different. Now you have to do more things, more things on your plate. How how does that work for you, to transition from college to the NFL?
14: Yeah, I mean, shoot, in college I was like, I was probably like 255, like playing in the Big Ten, like downhill linebacker, just like spilling lead and, um, you know, all that and blitzing and stuff and, you know, now I'm like 225 and um, running all around, but I mean, I think the game just in general is changing. You know, with how the pass game is going and how, um, you know, how explosive offenses are and how they can just how their schemes are, are really good. So, um, I think again, it's it's my opinion, good linebackers are around the football at all time, and that's that's kind of always been our job. But in the league, it's like it's you're sideline to sideline every single play, and that's what makes it fun for sure.
2: So you played for Nick Sirianni and Philly. Now you've got Coach Eberflus. What do you like about his coaching style?
14: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I have all the respect and love and respect for Sirianni. You know, he was he was awesome. He's a passionate dude who um, you know wears hard on his sleeve, and he was in it with you. You know, it was awesome. Yeah. So, um, but no, with Eberflus, I, I get that same type of energy, that same passion every single day. Um, you can tell he he loves the game, man. He lives, breathes, and sleeps football for sure, and. Um, also helps he's a linebacker guy, too, so like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? like sure. That does me well, too, but, um, no, he's been consistent and just steady, you know, handling the storm of the Chicago media and everything like that, and um, we were definitely better for it, and that's why we started playing good ball at the
5: end. Uh, T.J. Edwards, I'm told we have to let you go. Yeah, Appreciate no doubt. it, man. No T.J., doubt. Hey, appreciate great stuff guys. next yeah, year. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Uh, we always root for Chicago because of Ryan Poles. Yeah, so yeah, just yeah. so hey, you appreciate know. That. We, we root yeah, for yeah. you as well. Put me a little yeah. bone
2: in there. there you go. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> it, guys. Hey, good J. luck, man. Edwards, linebacker for the Chicago Bears um and uh we're getting we're getting some beverages here it's not what i ordered but i'll take thanks, it. thanks man appreciate tj, T.J. um this will this will do the trick though this will do the trick
5: uh i actually like this better so uh i'm okay with it uh we're gonna be joined now by cj mosley linebacker to linebacker
4: uh, <laughs>
5: oh yeah how you doing man patrick sterling cj Hey, going CJ. linebacker to linebacker right there. L- look at that. TJ to CJ. TJ to CJ. TJ Edwards. Yeah, from TJ to C J right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So you're you're working with uh Campbell's chunky. Yes sir. This is the second you're the second guy that's come by with this can and it's, it's very spicy. I tried it. Yeah,
15: well we're struggling because the, the can's dude. empty and we're starving. Well when I went to pick it up, I like almost. Yeah, I, I it told it you up. that yeah. last <laughs> time
5: I picked it up, I was I was like it's yeah. almost throw it over my I have about six of these yeah. in my in my pantry. Huge spicy guy. And then I get a little yeah. extra hot sauce, I like hot stuff. Yeah. Put some yeah. extra hot sauce in that
15: bad boy. That one's pretty spicy for him, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a mild, I'm a mild guy. Mild I guy. Sound mild,
5: yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, for you, I want to talk linebacker play, because I think this is a really interesting position going from college to the NFL. Obviously, you've been in the NFL a while now. So think back a little bit here. Mm-hmm. What was that transition like? Because I always hear in college, it's basically just talent-level wins. You don't have a lot of scheme. It's more or less, we're in our spots, and we're going to do what we got to do. NFL, we're trying to trick the offense. We're trying to say, hey, I'm blitzing, I'm blitzing. You're dropping back in coverage. Yeah. What's it like with that transition from college to the NFL here?
15: I'm going to challenge you on that one because I would say it depends what school you go to. Sure. So I went to the University of Alabama and it was not about tricking. It was, you're playing football, if you don't do your job, you're going to lose. So um, I would start off with there. Coach Saban, um, Coach Smart, the, You know, Coach Smart is my linebacker coach and defense coordinator all four years. Obviously Coach Saban, I had him for four years. So just being under that, under that scheme, under that process, under that defense. Um, Pretty much, I would say, probably changed me as a football player. Um, you know, I thought I knew how to play football and knew what I was doing, but when I didn't know what a trade formation was coming into college okay. and not knowing how to make a call because I had to know formations, that's when I knew, like, my game had to take a new level. So just being under those two, you know, role models, leaders, men, great people, um, you know, they, they took my game to a new level. So um, so from transition from Alabama defense to NFL defense, other than like learning the new scheme and learning the new verbiage, it was it was kind of the same. You know, Alabama we was coming in with three different calls for you know for a pro formation, slot formation, and an empty check. So, you know, as a, <laughs> a you freshman, get- sophomore in college, I got to know all this <laughs> stuff, and you know, it wasn't we didn't get an iPad to my senior year in, at um, Alabama, and I didn't even use a thing. So, we had to bond it with. Ten thousand pages, just full of full of pages. So oh. it was some real deal studying back then. So. Hey, well, it worked
5: for you. You got, you yeah, got two hey, It worked. Huh? You know, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> uh,
2: what is it that you think made Nick Saban such a successful head coach? And, and what is it like now to
15: think about an Alabama football program without him? Um, I would I would say the reason that Alabama stays successful under him is just his ability to get a bunch of a bunch of kids that don't know each other, mold them into young young men, young adults and you know teach them about the process of life on the field and off the field because at the end of the day it all plays the same part you know you have to you have to have a mindset a certain type of mindset to you know to finish in the fourth quarter you have to have a certain type of mindset to to get that last piece of paper done when the deadline is almost due you have to have a certain type of discipline on and off the field to be successful so i think he just set us up in a way where you know if we did the right things and if you know we listen you know, obviously do the right things out the field, it would make it pretty much impossible not to succeed. So I yeah. think you know, he always talked about the process, and you know, I always say you know, if I, if I could go back, I wish I could just enjoy the moments where we did win because all I thought about the process, you know, what's the next? You know, after this win, what's next? If we lost, what's next? We won the championship, all right, what's next? So that's how he kept us going. You have to, have to get over it and repeat it every single time
5: so we actually had a chance to talk with uh with quincy yesterday what's it like playing alongside him and i i wanted to point out i mean he had a breakout year last year i thought that's when he really started to pop obviously you're a jet mm-hmm. he's a jet you've been a great leader you've been known for that for a long part of your career yeah. what's it like playing with him and watching him grow as well as, well as the, the entire jets defense
15: yeah um quincy made my job so much easier last year and this year but obviously more so this year um he You know, he really took it upon himself to, uh, you know, be a better player, a better teammate um, and a better person um, on and off the field. You know, his work ethic got serious, you know, the way he approached practice, the way he approached the film study, the way he approached his leadership um, just increased tenfold. You know, a lot of people. Uh, try to give me credit for it, but shoot, all I do is just, you know, tell people about to line up. Um, you know, I don't know what he's doing when he's at home. I don't know what he's doing right now, but I know that he's working, and uh, yeah. that's all I care about. And it, and the, it's the proof is in the pudding. You know, he balled out this past year. You no, know, earned him an All-Pro, first-team All-Pro. I told yeah. him that's something I haven't even done, so uh, <laughs> now I gotta, now I gotta up my game up. Now, so um, I told him one of the coolest things he did was, was. He didn't know he did it, but he challenged me because he said he wanted to be the, the best linebacker in the league. i like, well, that's, that's where I'm at, too. So, you know, let's, let's get it. Let's get after it. You know, um, iron shop is iron. So uh, we we're excited for this year coming in. Obviously, you know, we had a lot of, whole lot of hype that, um, that we brought upon ourselves. Um, it didn't go the way we wanted to, but, you know, that's, that's life. You know, yeah. um, so all we got to do is get back to work and, you know, try to prove the naysayers wrong. Mm.
2: We know you had a lot of tables to get to, so you got to get out of here before you go. Who do you think has the edge in this one, and who's going to win on Sunday?
15: Who has the edge? Honestly, I think it's 50-50. You know, you look at both sides at each position, you know, all the matchups are great. Um, You want to say one team wants it for revenge, but the other team wants it to prove that they have a great dynasty. So when you put revenge and dynasty together, I think it's the same thing. So I think it's going to come down to turnovers, as it always does, and uh, which offensive offensive line the defensive line controls the game.
5: Okay. C.J. Mosley, really appreciate it. Also, Chunky Sacks Hunger. Chunky Sacks Hunger. I actually do love the spicy chicken noodles. Everyone, get you some chunky, spicy chicken noodles. Pretty good. Noodle. Pretty good. Hey. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate man. Luck. Y'all. Hey. Good luck next Take year. Take it Thank
2: easy. You. Yeah. C.J. Mosley. I mean, we're just getting everybody coming through here.
5: Getting everybody. Incredible. Linebacker Central right yeah. now. Yeah.
2: LB. LBU. Yeah. I always liked Chunky Soup. I didn't know they were going to get me so many great interviews.
5: Seriously, I actually do have a lot of those. I, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of those. Yeah, um, but they
2: don't give us any break between these. You know?
5: No, no, we don't. I'm, I, I may have died, but that's okay. No, put that down for a second because we might be having a, another beverage coming in. And again, we I want to make sure we beverage. promote what, they, what they're rocking. You know, yeah, how this goes. yeah,
2: it's tough. It's tough. Um, no, this is Frito, Frito Lay, and PepsiCo Foundation. How you doing?
7: Good. how are you?
2: Patrick Allen. Nice to yeah, meet you.
7: Andrew.
5: sterling love the outfits thank Beautiful. you too. sterling look at you guys all fancy yeah, over
4: you here you guys
2: look you got i look like the schlub here in the middle everyone's not got not suits on. we're used to it. we're
4: used to it we try
2: um, uh, so who are you guys working with uh,
7: taste of the nfl okay. uh, which is the largest fundraising mechanism of super bowl week Uh, An NFL-sanctioned event uh, produced by Gen Youth. And uh, the idea is to raise funds to statistically and categorically eliminate student hunger in America.
2: Yeah, we were talking to some folks that were representing Gen Youth yesterday. It sounds like a really important program.
7: Well, it's amazing. I mean, if there's anything more important than feeding hungry kids, if anyone out there is for keeping kids hungry, please let me know, because I'd like to make an appointment with them sometime and talk to them about it. And, And we have the dollars to do it. We have the distribution system, the mechanisms to do it. It costs a a rounding error, $17 billion a year is what it would cost. And the federal government isn't doing anything about it. And by the way, that's been the case for 40 years. So, you know, public-private partnerships, you know, NGOs, uh, great sponsors like, you know, Quaker and Friolet and PepsiCo Foundation are helping us do that. And the help of uh, amazing current players, uh, vets, uh, Hall of Famers, you know, we're going to have as many players are going to be playing in the game on Sunday uh, over at the uh, Keep Memory Alive Center, along with 40 chefs, and it's going to be an extremely Miss America is going to be there. Wow. Wow. silent Oh, look at cool. it! Go- wow! Oh no, that come on! Sil- <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that reaction?
5: It might be the stash, It might it's, it's the stash right here. Yeah. <laughs> We're going linebacker to linebacker to linebacker right here. I love asking yeah. linebackers because I think it's such a unique position, so versatile. You have yeah. to do so many different things. What's the hardest part about playing linebacker and what's something that you truthfully enjoy playing linebacker?
16: Well, you know, um, to be able to play linebacker, you have to have that quick read and reaction skill. You're right there in the mix of everything. You know, the safety's got a little bit more time to read the pass. The defense alignment—they don't have to play the pass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just have to play the run and rush a quarterback. Um, so, as a linebacker, you're right there, and it's happening so quick. And you're a key component of the of the defense. If the linebackers don't play well, the defense normally doesn't. So, uh, um, that's one of the in- intricacies of the position that I really like and admire. And you know, I was able to be able to excel in the position because I was fast. I was strong. Uh, I actually ran a 4.42. In, in, oh, my wow. goodness. <laughs> Lord. It Wait, come that from Jamaica. Like, look
5: at those shoulders. Yeah,
16: well, well, That's well. terrifying. That, that was like uh, 40 pounds ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm like two, almost 280. I'm ashamed to say it. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I was 240 when I played. And uh, coming out of college, I ran that at 234 pounds. I went to uh, Syracuse University. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, I was fortunate to be that hybrid linebacker that had the strength, speed, that can be able to cover wide receivers and still be able to play the run. You
2: look like a pretty trim 280. I'll just say that. I (laughs) look like a deflated beach ball over here. (laughs) Uh, During your time in the NFL, uh, you played for three teams. You played Miami, uh, Houston, Oakland. What was the hardest opposing stadium that you had to play in?
16: You know, um, the hardest stadium I had to play in, let me think about that. Uh, Because normally... As a defense, when you when you go on the road, you don't have to deal with the noise, right? Yeah. yeah. Because the the opposing team wants it to be quiet so the offense could really call the plays and hear what they're doing. Sure. Right? Um but I I didn't like playing in Oakland. That that for sure. So yeah. um, the Las Vegas Raiders now they have a really nice locker room. So uh, that's uh, <laughs> I don't know what the the, the uh, travel team locker room though, but yeah. I think it's nicer than it was in Oakland. Yeah,
5: you're, you're yeah. Uh, go, Maybe I might mean you see them play Edge now. <laughs> it's gotta, like,
16: I think they wanted to punish the opposing team when they came into the sure. <laughs> to yeah. the stadium, made them be miserable before the game. Yeah. So I didn't like I didn't like that. But normally playing out there, it's not really. Um, because the crowd is normally quiet. The hostile part happens when the offense goes on the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
5: Andrew, for you on your travels, I know you've eaten a lot of uh, bizarre food, right? Been been eating a lot of weird food out there. What what's the one that looked the most awful from the outside, but actually tasted good? Uh, deep fried
7: little baby ducklings and chicks sold on the side of the road in rural Philippines, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, six or seven to a bag, uh, eviscerated, marinated, deep fried, and served with a little bit of sweet fish sauce, chilies, mint, cilantro on there. I, I, I crave it, I seek it out when I'm over in that part of the world. You just hold on to the beak and eat the whole thing, and they are, if you ate one right now, you would, it would curl your toes. Different. Those have been on my training table for years. I just <laughs> yeah. want to say it's killing my toes thinking about it. That is no, yeah, they're
2: delicious. I'm an eater, though. i though. but yeah, that I couldn't do, man.
7: I'm soft. Sure, you could. It looks like a little piece of fried chicken, and it, they're little baby ducks and geese and chick. Uh, they're just fantastic.
2: I had I had a pig face in a restaurant in Cleveland once for brunch. I just had a tough time with it, but it was really good. But about halfway through, it started I know to get the restaurant
7: that you had yeah. it in. Yeah. Uh, probably Greenhouse Tavern. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. were serving that. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Sawyer is an amazing chef. Yeah. Uh They confit the the boned out the pig head, confit it, uh, and then roasted it. So it was very crispy. Yeah. And when you hit those pockets of meat that are in there, it's delicious. Yeah. Those big pockets of fat,
5: less delicious. Yeah. It's a less tricky delicious. Eat. It's a tricky, tricky eat. thing, to eat. Yeah. Okay. What well, what's so that was the good one that was bizarre. What was the most bizarre one that was bad? <laughs> the worst? Yeah. Worst thing I ever
7: ate was dinner at your house last night. Uh, oh, I man, didn't, come I on. didn't know. I didn't know pork man. chops could Whew. be abused in the way that you did. It I was, like them crispy. It, well, it's fine. Go over-cooked. with a fattier cut. Now, why would I say that to you? You're such a nice young man. Um... No, I mean, the weirdest stuff is always the fermented, rotted, horrific thing that's buried in a jar Ah, or at the edge of the ocean and someone made. But, you know, one man's weird is another man's wonderful. And when I started to to eat these things and I realized someone's grandmother made it, and then I started to realize, well, I had it on this island. It wasn't that good. But a year later, I had it over here and it was delicious. And I realized, oh, my God, it is just like pork chops. You can either cook it the right way or cook (laughs) cook it the wrong way. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah. it, it just depends who's doing the cooking. Yeah.
2: If okay, so I, I brought my wife along with me. She's six months pregnant, so we're, we're kind of treating this as our little bit of a, a baby moon. I got some free time later this weekend with her. She's a she's a big foodie. We're in Las Vegas. She's never been to Las Vegas before. Is there one thing she should eat? Here in Las Vegas, if we have time to do it.
7: Well, I mean, now I'm giving away all my my secret secrets. Yeah. But I think you know, arguably, one of the most unique and wonderful experiences is to dine late night at a restaurant called Aburia Raku. A b u r i y a Raku. Raku. It's a Japanese izakaya. They fly in almost everything from Japan every day. It's a lot of cooked food. It, it, it's not a sushi bar, okay. right? But it is some of the most delicious food that's being cooked right now in this or any city. Wow. Um, after midnight, 1 in the morning, it turns into a little—you see a lot of chefs there oh. because they all want to go and, and eat in this incredible place. It really is a fantastic little Japanese izakaya.
5: Easy okay. table to get, huh? Uh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Can you make a call for us? Uh, uh, maybe. Night? That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, who did you model your game after growing up? Is there a certain player that you are like? Because, again, you were unique. You were that hybrid role. You see yeah. a lot of those guys now, right? Even yeah. Jamal Adams, for example, he's a safety that also kind of plays up in the box. The Chiefs have a guy, Drew Tranquil, linebacker, who's a um, little bit of a hybrid. He can drop into coverage yes. very easy. He can get after the quarterback. Yes. Did you have someone that you modeled your game after?
16: So, you know, I didn't start playing football until 11th grade in high school. I uh, played soccer. I'm originally from Jamaica. My wow. coach uh, convinced me to play football. It took him four weeks to convince me. He said, Football starts two weeks before soccer. Come out. If you like it, stay. If you don't like it, go back to soccer, right? Yeah. And I played defensive end the first year. And uh, he said, Line up here. Don't be offsides. And wherever you see the football, just go get it, <laughs> right? And that's all I did. I, I played in four games. I, I didn't even know what a first down was. So I just wanted to tell you how. So, so Lawrence Taylor, I'm doing the camp with Lawrence yeah. Taylor uh, today, actually. We have to do like free football camp for the kids. And I remember after my first year getting a full scholarship Syracuse and playing my senior year, they wanted me to play linebacker. And uh, my coach was like, you're going to be running off the edge like Lawrence Taylor, and I, yeah. like LT. And yeah. I was like, uh-huh. you mean I'm going to be fast like lightning? He was like, <laughs> no. He was like, Lawrence Taylor, you don't know who Lawrence Taylor is? Because I, had no, I didn't watch the game or anything. So... As I went into college and I started watching I watching guys like Ray Lewis, yeah. right? Because uh, he was fast. He ran around and he, he made a lot of plays. Kind of like, I'd be like, I can do that, right? So I used to watch him and watch him play. I watched guys like Derrick Brooks, Hardy Nicholson, those guys. And so as I got more into playing football learning more, about the game. Those are the those are the players that I like watching. Junior Seau, I played yeah, with Junior yeah, Seau and junior. Zach Thomas. I used to had two great mentors at linebacker when I played in Miami. So it, it, the journey kept on, you know, continued to develop. And I had a great linebacker coach, uh, Johnny Holland, who is in the Super Bowl now. He's the linebacker coach for the Ford, San Francisco 49ers. He was my coach in Houston. He coached me and D'Amico. So right uh, over there. I
5: think we know who you're rooting for then. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> not only not only the Oakland and the Raiders but you're like yeah no, oh,
16: man no, you always got to go with uh you know I've have a uh, a relationship there with my coach also Kyle Shanahan he was the quarterback coach in Houston when yeah. uh, when I, I was over there so you know and can't take him away from the Chiefs you know Mahomes he's like what you call him like a Michael Jordan when it comes to playoff time you know like yeah. he just he, he just kicked it up another notch and kelsey man this guy i don't know how they leave that guy open i'm like have they been <laughs> watching the the film all year i mean this guy is like, like what are you doing Wide <laughs> open. Know that
7: we're scratching our heads the same way you're scratching your head yeah. you know it's yeah. it's amazing it's like yeah. just put put a man on him like glue right right andrew yeah. do you have a sports background uh, I do. We played together at Syracuse. Oh, okay. um, yeah. I didn't get as much field time, sure. and uh, I also wasn't drafted by an NFL mm. team. But I was third string JV, Dalton Tigers, 1977. Okay. So I don't know if you've seen any of our games. Oh, but yeah, I, I watch all, all their games. All the, the time. It's on uh, yeah. you, you know, he, a child of the 70s, you know, I, I did I, football, wrestling, and then baseball, tennis in the spring. Uh, and and I kept playing baseball all the way uh, through even intramurals, I went to a college didn't have a lot of sports going on. Uh, so I was a second baseman and I you know, I still play is anything where you can keep score. I mean,'m one thing that chefs and football players have in common. I've learned we're very competitive people. If there's something that we can keep score at, yeah. I'll play you. Yeah. I, I It's like we're not afraid. It's like yeah. just if we keep score, let's go out and do it. So yeah,
2: fantastic. Well, we know you guys got a lot of tables to get to. We appreciate you stopping by it's been a pleasure thank and, uh, guys, yeah yeah
4: give me a call it. about that reservation right, thanks, right. yeah. thank,
2: you. thank
5: you very much take care uh Andrew Zimmerman I hope you at least you like Kansas City barbecue though you do okay oh, yeah. good have good have San
4: Francisco seafood okay yes, that's fair there we go that's there we go
5: um I was getting a little nervous you know uh the ducklings I don't know if and it's a man who can eat some uh some burn-ins but he can he can do it all should
2: we start a food podcast
5: uh no because i would not eat half of the things richard you want to do me a favor it's great talk radio when i ask for something off air can i get a water
4: hi guys hey how's it going patrick nice to meet you ryan
17: welcome yes so what brings you to the super bowl oh my first experience never been able to experience it and i was like why not i can finally do that you know i'm retired from my own career so Right. Yeah, yeah. You know. Football to
5: football. Huh? Football, football to, to football. football. Do, do
17: you ever get upset?
5: Maybe, maybe not. But when Americans call football soccer and then football football, because I have to imagine, because yeah. ninety-nine percent of the world's like,
17: yes, that's wrong. Yes, I'm, I don't get. I don't think upset is the right word, but I do sometimes feel like. uh like, like why, why, why do Americans want to be different, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, we why don't they accept that. that it's football <laughs> globally recognized? But, and, and, and at the same time, also, I wondered who decided to call American football, American football, because I feel like, is it not mostly played with the hands? It is mostly, mostly played right? with the hands. So, to me, it was like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you played in uh, two World Cups. So, you know, that's a worldwide massive event similar to what's
17: kind of going on here at the super bowl uh what's that pressure like yeah it's um i would say it's a it's a total different pressure than normal league uh, games um you know the world is watching you know your country is watching um if you are part of the world cup you know that you have been picked to be the best uh you've been selected as the best player of your country and trust me they can they can select a lot of players and if yeah. you are one of those fortunate who was um, picked there's pressure you know people are watching you know people are judging did, did he deserve to be there or did they had to give it to someone who wasn't selected so it's a different pressure
5: going from obviously the Netherlands national team you also play for some some bigger uh a little Ajax Liverpool what what is it as far as the difference between the the you know highest
17: level for your country versus now you're playing for your club I would say the main difference is um, you don't don't spend a lot of time with the players of the national team. So you come together for two weeks and in those two weeks you play, for example, two important games like World Cup qualifiers, you know. So the thing is often for coaches, and that's very difficult, to try and, 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 and get a game plan in order and try to get the best out of those players. Now, sometimes they deal with injuries, sometimes they deal with stress. And it's not always easy for the coach of the national team to get all the players fit and in form and in shape, ready for a World Cup game or a World Cup qualifier. And with your normal team, you're with with each other every day. You can train, you have way more players to pick from, um, and I think that's the main difference.
2: I'm pretty sure I watched you in the 2010 World Cup. I had a good buddy in, in New York City who was from Holland. Uh, and took us to the bar and said so we were playing. Is the is the cheer, do I remember right? Do they say Hup, Holland, Hup, is that it? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Yeah, we were rooting for you guys. Right, man. right. That was, uh, that was a good one. How yeah. was that 2010 run for you?
17: Man, it was uh, a great experience, you know. It was, uh, of course, uh, in South Africa. Um, you know, I remember uh, the first game when, um, I forgot what it's called, but the whole crowd had like these, these oh, those, horns.
2: Those horns, oh, not kazoos. Uh, 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 no.
17: Vuvuzelas. Vuvuzelas, Vuvuzelas. yes. So, you know, it was very difficult for the coach to communicate with the players or for the players to communicate with each other. Um, That was something that we had to get used to in the beginning. But uh, overall experience, I mean, you know, we knocked out Brazil, uh, the the big Brazil at that time, you know, with great players. And um, yeah, we were lucky enough to reach the final, but not lucky enough to win it.
5: Okay. little history thing here. I have to know because now I'm actually talking to someone who was born in the Netherlands. So now I can ask, why is it Holland, Netherlands
17: and Dutch? Why 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 the three? Um, well, I mean, I don't know why they say the Netherlands or Holland. I, okay. I I have to double check that. But Dutch is more as in what you are. So I'm Dutch as in I'm American. Okay. I speak Dutch. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I don't say I speak Netherlands. No. Yeah. Sure. Right. <laughs> so Dutch is basically the form of saying uh, yeah to identify yourself. And the country, yeah, it's called the Netherlands, or people call it Holland, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Now, you played for a lot of different clubs in your career. You spent some time at Liverpool. That's a team that I support, started, started getting more into European soccer, football, uh, back in 2015. What was it like standing at
17: Anfield
2: for the first time and hearing that crowd sing you'll never walk alone?
17: Incredible, incredible. Um, I was I was 20 years of age when I joined Liverpool, and um, it was the first time me going living abroad, but also moving out of my parents' home. So I was yeah. not only uh, living uh, at myself for the first time, but in a total new culture and country. And uh, me, um, you know, growing up, I was always an Arsenal fan, so I didn't really pay much attention to Liverpool. But as soon as I got in touch with Liverpool and I signed for the club, and I learned about it it was goosebumps and uh, first time yeah it was uh, was incredible
2: yeah it's uh it see I, i've never had the chance to go yet i really would love to go and see a match there um what do you think about the team this year they're
17: obviously geez, i feel like I'm, I'm in a haze right now they're still top of the table right they are they are you know and um of course as a liverpool supporter you know we got some uh, sad news with uh, jürgen klopp leaving yeah. unfortunately but uh, hopefully that gives the team way more motivation to try and win it not only for the coach but for the fans who are also had to cope with this disappointing news Um, but yeah you know they have all the ingredients to to make it out there and and uh, all they need is focus commitment what they have um, and yeah you know try to fine-tune the little details that they still can improve how
2: do you maintain that
17: level of
2: excellence I think that's the hardest thing obviously that you know the Reds have had a really great run with Jurgen Klopp then you see what 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 they're doing over there, and and, and Manchester, like, I just how do they get up every year? To me, it's just it's got to be so difficult, especially when you win trophies over and over and over. Yeah,
17: it's not easy. It's not easy. And at the end, it's the coach' uh, job to try and 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 keep the motivation level high. But as a player, yeah, you know, you know, as a, a after a short break. You go in pre season again, you know it's going to be a long season again, a yeah. tough season. Uh, you're trying to do as much as you can to prepare your body and to prepare mentally. Uh, and that's not always easy. Yeah.
5: How have you seen the MLS grow? Obviously, the MLS is from even 10 years ago until now, you know, it used to be oh, the MLS, I, I know a lot of. A lot of players from overseas are like, that's not, that's not real. That, that, that's yeah. that is But now yeah. I like it's grown into at least respectability now. How have you seen them put all this money, resources, and, and seen the growth of MLS right here in America?
17: I still believe um, MLS has a, a, a long way to go. And, and therefore, in my opinion, I feel like they should change a few rules. Um, mm. Not only should they change the salary caps and make it more lucrative for Europeans to want to come to MLS way earlier. What you notice now, uh, is that players often come at the end of their career. And yeah. I, even now with Messi, you know, yes, the whole Messi mania was good, maybe for business and 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 for selling tickets and whatever, but you might only get two years out of Messi. Yeah. Now, if it was way more lucrative, maybe you could have had Messi for five or six years earlier. You know, same with Ronaldo, same with a lot of these other players who have been playing, you know, whether it was Steven Gerrard or or yeah. Kaká or, or David Villa or Pilo who came in the past, you know, they all came at the end of their career and that's simply because, Yeah, you know, they don't want to be at their peak of their career playing with respectfully, you know, football players who maybe are not understanding that level of football. And I think also another thing, in my opinion, that they could change to try and compete is trying to put European minds and European uh, ex-athletes in places, not only in coaching roles, but maybe also in in board staff, you know, who can make uh, decisions that is good for elevating soccer.
2: It's just hard, right? There's so much money in European soccer. You are almost sort of doomed to be a minor league unless you have an amazing influx of cash. Yeah. Where are you gonna go play? Yeah. You know, I think it's yeah. uh, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um you know, we've got we've got a lot of big pro sports here. We don't have to have them all. Right. Right? Right. Um yeah. but, but but you would like to see I would like to see the game be it's popular here, but even more popular because as somebody who didn't grow up watching soccer, uh, once I started to get into it. I would have never noticed, you know, if I watched an MLS game, I would have never noticed it. I never played soccer. When I started watching the EPL, and then I caught like an MLS game, I was like, oh, like yes. I could, you could just see the, yes. the difference. And that's not a knock on those guys, but yes. there's just a difference in quality.
17: Yeah, you know, it's uh, you you can kind of compare it now with uh, with the culture here, right? Uh, growing up, whether you wanted to become uh, as a kid uh, an NBA player or, or a football player, it's exactly that. But in Europe and in the rest of the world, right? So it's the the, the, the way they live it the intensity the culture the way you grew up with it it's it's ingrained in in, in yeah a lot of kids uh, from from young's uh, age are you an American football fan as well um, I don't want to say I'm a fan but I'm definitely now uh, I respect, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah I respect the sports not only because <laughs> I, I I think they have to do just as much as we have to do as soccer uh, soccer players and that is you know live the right lifestyle eat well prepare well. Uh, be in the the right uh, mental space and not only what they do with their bodies, right? It's 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 intense. So I respect the sports a lot and that's why also one of the main reasons why I'm here is to learn more About the culture and about the sports and about the games and, and the players. Are you gonna go to the game on Sunday? Well, you know, it's a funny story. I, I just thought I'm gonna fly in here go to the stadium and buy a ticket outside and and <laughs> that's far from the truth <laughs> um, <Sure laughs> <in>. well, <sure laughs> you yeah. can do that in europe but yeah. but apparently not here and and also one of the things that um um you know um surprised me was uh the cheapest tickets was uh the the price of it so i was like you know what i'm gonna watch it at home oh
4: welcome yeah. to the club man it, <laughs> yeah. it is a unique thing here i mean yeah it is, um, i didn't
17: brought my uh, but my savings to, to America yeah, to watch yeah. this game. Didn't
4: bring <laughs> a, a piggy bank with you. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Oh,
17: Ryan, it was awesome having
2: you stop by. It was thank really you so great much. Thanks for you. having me. Yeah, go Reds.
4: Huh? Yes, awesome. thank, you. Yeah. thank you. Thank
2: you. <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. Um, really cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Uh, it's cool to get to. to you know, we we talking about the Chiefs here. I, I got my Red teams being a Liverpool fan, getting to see uh, a former Liverpool player and ask him questions about the European game yeah. is, uh, is a lot of fun.
5: Very, very cool. Um. What, what, what's up next? Uh, Ten minute break. Yeah, Zach, you wanna you wanna swing through for a second? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take a quick quick little break ski if you don't mind. No, Zach, we need it. you for a second. Swing through, pal. Come on. Do you know how many liquids I've I've consumed today? He's not gonna do it. Sorry, I don't have a bucket here. Mm-hmm. I am getting uh kicked out. Uh, I love that. I can't believe that he, he just flew here going, you know what, I'll just, I'll just get a ticket. I'll just I'm go just outside and just, up. Just, just go out and get a ticket. Yeah. All right, Bess well, is going to come join looks you. At, Thank you. He looks at the, uh,
2: he goes up to the window, right, and says, hey, uh, I'm just going to buy a ticket. And it's like, that's not how it works. And he looks at the price and, like me, says, oh, I'm not getting in. As uh, And this is surprisingly a first. If you are a long time listener or watcher, viewer of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, you've heard us mention this gentleman. You've probably seen him in the chat occasionally, and his brother is one of our co-hosts. Here's the co-founder of ArrowheadAttic.com, my boss, Zachary Best. What's going on, man? What's up,
18: man? Thanks for having
2: me. Yeah, this is... Uh, this, I didn't know that this was going to happen. No, I'm a little, just, bit, this,
4: yeah, this I'm a little bit
2: flabbergasted. The, uh, the, the guys and, and gals in the chat, they like to give Adam the business. They talk about his mustache, his, his facial hair. What's your opinion on Adam's mustache right now? That stash is
18: uh, scaring his niece and nephews. Yeah. Uh, but quite impressive stash.
2: Yeah, it, it, it is. And it makes me jealous because I, I cannot grow nearly the mustache that that man could grow. And I would kind of like to. I think it would be fun. Uh, but the one time I had, a, I, I, I looked at myself with a mustache; it was a no go.
18: No, and as his little brother, I get very jealous of, of the facial hair he can grow. Yeah. Uh, but I encourage the chat to keep giving him, uh, give him the grief.
2: Yeah, he deserves it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you're obviously you started fan sided with your brother. It started as just arrowhead addict. And now it is this massive company with, I don't know, over 70, we have 70 employees now, something like that. 80, um, 80 plus 80, 80 plus employees, yeah. we just had a big hiring spree. We've, we go to the Super Bowl, we're here on Radio Row, we're interviewing Hall of Famers. Could you ever have imagined when you started that blog back in, in
18: 2007 that it would turn into this? Not at all, we, we really just wanted to give Chiefs fans uh, more content, more critical content. The team was pretty pretty miserable back in, in some of those days. not wasn't, wasn't good. Um, and it's just, uh, with guys like you, gals like everyone else, uh, part of the crew, it's just been amazing growth. Um, really proud of everybody that works at Fansided and uh, living a dream, um, living an absolute dream.
2: Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and, and I think as somebody who also was able to turn his love of sports and of the Kansas City Chiefs into a career, it's kind of neat to have been a part of that journey, but also to sit back and see all the other people that have come along and worked for Fansided since then. You know, it's really helped change some people's lives. It's helped launch careers, whether it be here at Fansided. We've had people go on to CBS, NBC Sports, ESPN, to work for professional sports teams. How gratifying is that to, uh, to say, hey, I, I started a little blog with my brother, and we were having fun and messing
18: around, and now, you know, we've, we've been able to help people. Yeah, that's, I think, one of my... Uh, Most proud moments is I'm a dreamer, um, and seeing other people be able to chase their dreams and live out those dreams um, motivates me every day. And as we say, uh, we we love to everybody stick around, fansided, but seeing um, some of our OGs or other people go on and take great careers at ESPN, CBS, like you said, NBC, um, Athletic, you know, just so many great uh, fansiders out there working for. Uh, for other outlets, and that excites us, and we continue to invest in our own people and, and grow this thing together.
2: All right, now we're here working with the Special Olympics, uh, a cause that's near and dear to all of our hearts.
18: Have you heard about this tattoo thing with me? Actually, that's the only reason why I, I joined you today. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. It's typically not my uh, forte, you know. But uh, seeing that late last night, this broke, and someone sent this to me that a Joker tattoo for or we're raising a minimum thousand
2: a thousand dollars and the chiefs have to win a, a super bowl uh win the super bowl oh they have to win they have to win and that's part of the deal but listen okay but we're it, still so, raising money for a great
18: cause. yes
2: exactly okay. it, it's up to 260 dollars, and i gotta be honest with you i'm getting a little nervous and i i don't know why i picked a thousand dollars i like i i should have I should have done like $10,000. It might have raised more money for Special Olympics, and I might not have had to get the tattoo. Uh, are you considering, I, as somebody who's my boss, are you starting to doubt my judgment uh, and soundness of mind at this point? Uh,
18: well, knowing that you've had tattoos. I, I don't have a tattoo, so uh, uh, be a little bit more risky for me, I guess. Sure. But uh, knowing, well, also your love uh, for the Chiefs, and we all want a Chiefs win on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and and the links pinned in the chat. So yeah, please we don't have us.
2: to tell them where uh, to donate. Where. They I, could
18: just donate. Just sp- but they don't have to go to that page. And and how about this? Since we're at 260 right now, I'll just go ahead and match that 260.
2: Oh no, see, that that's not fair. No. Y- you, no no you, you you can't you can't come in and big time this thing. I, that's not. That's not that's not what part, that's not part of the deal because you, I know that you would love nothing more than to see me have to get this tattoo, this Joker tattoo. Um
18: yeah it feels feels not feels unfair Uh, i think it's totally fair i think the the community uh yes see we're at 520 now so everybody in the chat if we can just you know get a few more going here uh we'll get this thing taken care of today and then keep raising some money throughout the weekend for special olympics and uh maybe maybe we can even shoot the tattoo at, at the tattoo parlor as you get it because we know the yeah. chiefs are going to win on sunday
2: the chiefs are going to win how are you feeling by the way as a chiefs fan how are you how confident
18: are you feeling heading into this game against this explosive 49ers offense i'm never confident as a Chiefs fan but obviously with mahomes and and, and the crew uh confident i just sat in a panel where uh, the fan duel president said that 80 percent of the money right now is on the chiefs which gets me a little worried I, it makes me nervous I'm very nervous when there's that much money riding on one team. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, I, actually, opening night also helped us. I, I love that the fa- San Francisco fans were booing Travis and, and Patrick, uh, really getting uh, the team motivated. And, and I heard early this morning that the defense and offense line we're getting into in practice. Uh, but the team's really motivated, ready to play this game. Uh, Travis says this is the most important one. So I, I, I still like my, the Chiefs, but no doubt they're playing uh, you know, the other best team in the NFL. and. I just hope for a good game. But I'd like a little maybe, you know, give us a little bit of lead early so we don't have to sweat the whole game. Yeah, there's some people out there that think that the
2: Chiefs are gonna run away with this one. Our own Matt Connor had me ready to run through a wall the other day when he was talking about why he thinks the Chiefs are gonna win. Um, But yeah, man, I'm nervous. You know, Vegas is not a town that's in the business of losing money. So to have all that money on the Chiefs right now and the the 49ers still being the favorite, it makes me nervous um, because, you know, that's going to mean Vegas is going to want the 49ers side of that. They're going to be rooting for 49ers. And the other thing that's that's bad for Vegas is because of the Taylor Swift thing, right? Yes. There's all kinds of money coming in on Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey props, Travis Kelsey for MVP. If Travis Kelsey
18: wins MVP, Vegas may just shut down. You're right, right. I, I would be interested to see what the, uh, the amount of money going on Travis Kelsey props. That would be interesting to to hear about. I'm sure, I'm sure somewhere we can find it, um, but definitely a lot of money, definitely. The ticket prices have spiked back up and they kind of had started to gradually go down but you can see uh vegas's impact uh this is huge super bowl uh give las vegas a lot of credit this is a great place to have a super bowl uh almost feel like they should have it here every year but uh, i do like the rotation as well though it's great
2: because it's so as somebody who's covered a couple super bowls having everything be in this one facility Uh, here at the mandalay bay and then being like basically across the street from the stadium you're just able to get to everything uh, especially, of course, we were lucky enough to get rooms at the Mandalay Bay, so yeah. I can roll out of bed, come down on the elevator, and just roll
5: right into Radio Row. Sterling Holmes is back. Sterling. Hey, he couldn't have that guy. Yeah. No, no, no. You can sit for one second. You got to move over here, though. Okay. Okay. They're moving me. Swing, swing through. Put the mic down. Swing over. <laughs> um, I heard some talk of a tattoo coming Patrick's way. We're up to two sixty right now, guys. We need you to donate every, every. What's that? It's been in the chat, pinned, it's pinned in the chat, P-I-N-N-E-D, okay? We need you to donate, every dollar counts. This is a huge thing we're trying to do. Let Patrick get a tattoo, we need this. That ink needs a home, and that home is Patrick's ass. Come on. Now listen, I didn't say where I was gonna get the tattoo it's not going on the lower back if it happens and i said it was going
2: to be very small
5: i get to choose i get to choose these are the rules that i have just come up with okay this is going to happen you guys are doing me dirty it's up to it's gone up since we've been sitting here talking about it thank you thank you thank you every dollar counts every dollar counts we need your support for just a donation of five dollars that ink will find a home are we going to start playing sarah mclaughlin in the <laughs> arms <at> the <laughs> of an yeah. angel.
2: Yeah, we're up to three ten now. In
5: the arms of an angel. Way, this has
2: got to happen by by the by the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. If it, if it doesn't reach a thousand by the Sunday,
5: the the Chiefs are winning the Super it's Bowl. I know to we're acting rules. extra rules like Chris Jones did in his contract. Didn't matter because he knew he was going to hit him. Just how so I know we're getting a tattoo on Patrick. This is outrageous. Um, all right, Max, come. I'm gonna sit down and do real, real work. Are we gonna do some actual work here?
2: Oh, I can have a conversation about this. Uh, Mac Hollins, wide receiver, Falcons. Played for the Raiders. Played for the Dolphins.
5: Hey, Mac. How
2: you doing? How Patrick. you Man, hey, that's you. the best
5: hair in the game. What? I knew it was good. Like yeah, I knew you. the hair was electric, but that is phenomenal intense, right, fantastic
2: you know? and you i mean you got to tuck it in the helmet so people don't really get to see they don't
19: get to see the actual
2: it's it's a it is beautiful it's a beautiful thing All right, you guys got to try oh we got oh, jerky, we're oh, jerky? jerky? Oh, yeah, dude yeah, you fantastic. guys fantastic. thank you yeah. to GE yeah, I don't, I don't profile it, smart so. indoor yeah. smoker yeah. oh baby yeah. oh so baby so i'm a big i'm a big smoker guy yeah. i uh, i, got I don't have an indoor smoker and i've been struggling because i live in chicago it's frigging cold now. Oh, yeah. Like, I was trying to make a, I was trying to make a, uh, a pork shoulder for the AFC Championship yeah. game, and it was, like, negative 11 degrees mm. out there. I couldn't even keep my, my pit up to temperature. Yeah. So I need, I need to get one of these mm. is what you're telling me.
19: Yeah, like, this is literally the reason that it was made. Oh, So GE Profile Smart Indoor Smoker. Wait. Okay. You, you can fit a whole shoulder inside of it. Sits on the counter. No smoke. I made this out of some top round. You mm. made this? Made this out of some top round. Throw it in the Matt, we're
5: hanging out, pal. I'm telling right
19: here, you got through. the smoker. Radio oh so. man, four four or five hours control it on the mm-hmm. app. You can literally go go to that go wherever because that's the main problem. The weather and smelling like smoke are the two worst things.
2: How does it work without like giving you carbon monoxide poison? Yeah, so there's like there's a that,
19: a, so. a filter within it, uh-huh. a catalytic filter maybe, sciency stuff. Yeah, yeah science um, stuff that's able to, to filter out all the uh, the smoke though. And you literally there's a button. Clear smoke takes about five minutes. You open it because you can open it like midway. Yeah, and it'll, it'll all the all the smoke will be gone. It's it's pretty incredible. My fiance is
5: about to be so mad at me when I come home. I'm gonna fly home. Where's your clothes? Don't need them. Don't need. I them got
19: the GE. I got the GE. Three hundred dollars <laughs> yeah. off at Best Buy right now too. It's like oh. you got it for a
2: discount. Oh, man. you're basically stealing at this you're, point. Yeah. You're stealing at this point. Yeah, because we so we cover the Chiefs here. Yep. And so. You know that's big time barbecue country. Big like, time barbecue? People listening to this podcast aren't messing around yeah. when it comes to barbecue. Yeah. Do you find it works just
19: as well as an outdoor smoker? Flavors just as good. Exact same. You put pellets in. Yeah. You can put the same flavor of pellets you want. Significantly less. You only need like two cups for an entire. You can put fourteen pound brisket in there. Uh, this is really it good. Tastes, tastes the exact same. Do, do you uh, just rock around? I know you you, you go barefoot pregame, right? Mm, Are you barefoot right
5: now? now? We don't put shoes on. Do you not rock <laughs> shoes at all?
19: Unless it's forced.
5: Wait. Uh,
19: the unnecessary. Now, now
5: I gotta look at you during the game, and all, all of a sudden it's it's shoeless Joe Jackson yeah. out there. I'm telling you. Yeah. If they let me. What what's what's with the shoeless stuff?
19: I've done, so. I've been like completely shoeless for two years, um, outside of the airports or bathrooms or like times do when I have to wear. Do it. you
5: walk the strip barefoot?
19: Yeah. No. N- New York City, Las Vegas, Miami. It doesn't matter. They're all what, the same to me. What are
2: the bottom of your feet like? If you build up calluses, like they're not bad.
19: Um, they're pretty, like, because the only time I really run is on grass. Sure. Like I run barefoot on grass. Sure. Um, if you start running through the woods and stuff, yeah, they'll start getting cut open, and like then you callus it. Sure. There's part of it that are very calloused. Yeah. How did this start? So when I was in Philly, I got hurt and like wasn't coming back from injury, and I was like, "What is going on?" Ended up finding these guys from Australia. Like I was on of YouTube. Works in Street. Yeah, I'm on YouTube looking at videos and team meetings and stuff because I'm like still not healthy and like I'm watching them on mute. So I end up finding them. and I'm like maybe that'll work. They did body. They did body work stuff, but they also do like breathing and cold plunges and barefoot work. All their stuff is barefoot. So I ended up flying them out to Philly and they worked on me. This was six years ago, seven years ago. And then every year since then, they've we've like done stuff and worked together. And now they're like they're my main trainers. What's um, the
2: thinking behind it? Like what is it? I've, I've heard stuff about, like, being connected to the earth. Yeah, the, so there's
19: the grounding aspect, which is, like, the release of negative ions from your body yeah. into, into the earth. Um, so you're not so charged up. Yeah. Um, but then from a strength aspect, I, I try to relate it to, like, a tree. If you have a, a big tree with weak roots and the wind comes, it'll easily knock over. Right. Um, but if you have strong strong root, a root system, then the, the tree will stand, will stand much more. So your legs are the, now the trunk and people skip the feet and they're like why is my ankle messed up why is my knee so messed up well because you had no strength in your feet they weren't making fun of me we got
5: here sunday night yeah never been to vegas i walked the strip in brand new shoes my feet are <laughs> they're bloody <laughs> I mean, man it looks like an, it's an mma fight down there yeah and, yeah, was and they terrible lost decision. right they lost but if i had gone that i think i should have done it they were laughing like take your shoes off i'm like no i'm not doing it Mac would have told me to do it, and it would oh, have worked. For sure. What have the team's response been as far as when you did that? Like, have they been a little bit of pushback? Is it like a contract? Like, um, okay, void if step on glass. Like, no, it, it's a.
19: At this point in my career, word has traveled around enough in the sure. NFL. They're like, all right, Max, Mac is who he is. Like, yeah, he's gonna come to work and do what he needs to do, but he's gonna do it in like do it his way. With no shoes on, and like some little tiny shorts and a hoodie, like maybe. Like, oh, that's
5: kind of like me around the house. Yeah. The like, tiny
19: shorts and the hoodie. Like, you know, you whatever you have... wear in the house is basically what I wear <laughs> out.
4: Like, I, just <laughs> just wear,
19: I just wear whatever. So teams are just, like, because, like, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to practice hard. I'm going to play hard. So it doesn't take away from my on-the-field sure. stuff. It's just, like, that's who I am. It's, I have no interest in throwing shoes on.
2: So what do you do if, like, okay, you're here, right? Yep. Uh, and the bathrooms here are really clean, actually. Yeah. The staff's incredible. Yeah. i noticed that. but. That's not always the case in public bathrooms. Yeah. What do you do? Do you, do you carry something along with you? Like- yeah,
19: so I'll usually have, like, a pair of socks or I'll have, like, these super thin uh, slides that, like, l- literally can roll up. Slide them uh, on. And I just slide them on and, and, and go in the bathroom yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to say
5: thank you. Um, you helped bring a Super Bowl to Philly. Right? I'm glad um, i glad I I live there. there we I'm go. a Chiefs guy. But I lived there for three years. Yeah. My first year there, they they, you guys won a Super Bowl. You helped me drink a beer on City Hall, so for that I applaud you. There we go. But, but obviously, we're here. What, what was that like leading up for you into this? Because it's such a different experience, yeah. right? It's yeah. such a unique experience for a player, I'm assuming. Two weeks, you're still in it. You have this, this whole media yeah. uh, circus going on. How do you handle it as a player?
19: Yeah, I mean, I was obviously a rookie, so it was... To me, I'm like, oh, this is just how it kind of it's normal. Th- this is how things roll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I might have seven or eight of these things yeah, by the time sure. I'm done playing. Yeah. I don't. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's funny. I always go back to the the interview Alshon did while he was out there, and he's like, this shit's kind of dumb. Like, I just want to play. Yeah. <laughs> like, we out here doing interviews a week in advance. Like, right. Let's just go play. Yeah. And I really g- agree with it. It's just like I understand that's part of the game and part of the NFL, whatever. But sometimes you just want to, like, I'm doing all this stuff, this publicity stuff, like, let's go line it up. Yeah. Like, let's practice, line it up, and let's, and let's go. Um, but it's, it's, you know, on this side of it, when you're not playing it, it's very cool to experience all this and see, like, how big the NFL is. Because sometimes as players, you don't really realize, like, how big it is.
5: How much chatter? comes in, like how much as a player did you hear, maybe as a rookie you're not quite as into it when you yeah. were a rookie, but you know how much did you hear chatter-wise from all this? Because obviously, you know, Chiefs, we're talking about, you know, Oma Holmes, he's been there before he's going to get it done. Kyle yeah. Shanahan's never done it before. If you're a 49er, you're saying, oh, is going to run all over you, you know, yeah. stuff like that. As a player, how much do you hear that stuff? How much do you listen to it? How much does it use as motivation or is yeah, it blocked think, out?
19: Like this far into the playoffs and stuff, it's not as big of a of a thing like sure. that Philly year is like oh we were the underdogs week one in the playoffs, all right, we're the, it's the same yeah. you're the underdogs underdog like you can't, the the narrative doesn't change much unless something like drastic happens to sure. one of your players or team, but you kind of tuned it out by then like the biggest thing is staying normal, um, you know not trying to become a hero on Super Bowl day just doing the same stuff you've been doing all all year,
2: so release is so important for a wide receiver yeah. trying to get off the line. Yeah. Uh, Who's the wide receiver right now that you think has the best get-off? Devontae off Adams.
19: I, you're not even hesitating. It's not even, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not even yeah. like a debate. Yeah. Like, he's it's, unbelievable. Yeah, he's he, he's very, very gifted at that. Yeah. Um, I, I Like like a AI in basketball, just like the first step. It's like, how do you not cover him? I don't get it. Yeah, he's just right. doing this. Right. Like Devontae splits his feet and goes one way or the other way. But, like, if I do it, the same exact thing doesn't work. Yeah. But when he does it. It works.
2: <laughs> Who's on your uh, wide receiver Mount Rushmore? All time? All time.
19: Ooh. Um, Calvin. It's mm. um, just like their career stats. I mean, just like. Or just you, their, you, you they had their best you, you year. Can, you can, can Because like favorite. a prime Julio. Yeah. We got a lot of Julio. A prime Julio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, obviously the old school, you know, Randy Moss. Chris Carter's, all those guys. Um, Devontae's up there. Yeah, like being able to play with him too. Like he's, he's up there. Uh, is it
5: is it
2: frustrating? Like, it's so hard to get to the level that you've gotten to. Um, you know, in most of your career, you were probably best player on the team and then yeah. you get to the nfl and then you're also really good but you see a guy like Devonte adams yeah. and you're just like i just can't do that
19: yeah i mean you're always restarting like from high yeah. school you're the best then you go to college and you're not the best anymore and then you got to become the best again and then you get to nfl and you're like i'm not the best again and so yeah. it's like that pursuit of like always being the best yeah um but it's great i i love being around dudes that are like phenomenal yeah. like it's very boring to me when you're you're playing a game and guys aren't talking trash or guys like aren't bringing their best like i didn't come out here to like just Thank check you. the box of like we played. Like I sure. want, I want us to be arguing the whole game, and then as soon as the game is over, like I'm cool, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Thank but like you. that 60 minutes, like I want to talk, talk as bad as you want to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love I want smack talk. I'm yeah. all,
5: te- I'm team smack talk. Yeah. <laughs> like I want to,
19: like they, like you get flagged for talking now. There's like a lot of things you get flagged for that j- I don't think you should be flagged. For. Like yeah. you should be able to say whatever you want. Yeah. To like within you know, somebody reason, saying but, like,
2: something shouldn't have an impact on the game.
19: Yeah, like that. <laughs> If I talk bad to you, that's yeah. me talking bad. Yeah. The standing over people, sometimes you got to stand over somebody. Yeah. But, like, I get the unnecessary roughness, but, like, standing yeah. over somebody, taunting is taunting. It's, yeah. it's the NFL.
5: I know we let Matt go right here, <laughs> but I'm not kidding. This That beef it jerky so is it's incredible. Uh, the GE Profile Smart Indoor Smoker. I yeah. will legitimately be taking a look. Some people bring yeah. products by. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll take a look. I will legit Listen, take you. a look at
19: this $300 one. $300 off at Best Buy. Make your own jerky and whatever else you want. If you're in KC and you you can't smoke all year round, are you That's even in KC? KC? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Mac, appreciate you coming appreciate by. Yeah.
2: Appreciate yeah, it, y'all. Appreciate take it. Take hey, Take it easy, Mac. Thank yeah. you for the jerky. Oh, man. Any
5: more? Y'all good? No, we're okay. I'm good right uh, now. i, I got to keep talking. It's talk amazing. To, so, I'm not kidding. That, that is to phenomenal. Bruce Smith here. Seasonings, too, yeah. are really good. Yeah.
4: yeah. Fantastic. You got
5: something with that. Mm-hmm. You got something with that.
4: Yeah. Appreciate it, you Yeah. Yeah. Right here? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah, look at you saving. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wanted I wanted to take more jerky, but I was like, I can't. We got interview more. Bruce Smith while I'm eating a piece of jerky. Um, wow. Yeah, I eat him, Bruce Patrick.
5: Hattie Sterling.
2: Nice to, nice to meet you as
5: well. Oh, it's another oh, MMS guy. We got more M&Ms.
4: <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh,
5: I got I ate mine from Dan Marino this morning. So uh, yeah, it's it's the M M&M and M show. Right. Don't worry about that. Uh. Hooked us up.
2: Uh, so you're working with, uh, tell us about your work with M&M's, Bruce.
1: Well, um, um, got a call from, uh, my marketing company, Rubicon, and, and, um, uh, they told me, told me about an exciting opportunity to, uh, do a commercial for M&M's. And they told me who was, the cast was going to be, uh, Dan Marino, T.O., and Scarlett, um. It didn't take me long to say yes. So, uh, uh, particularly with that that crew and, and having uh, been friends with Dan for so long, and 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 uh, you know, Dan and I have this unique relationship. we we're best of friends. Uh, but I sacked him more times than anybody in the history of <laughs> yeah. the game. Yeah. So I, I'm sure it's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's still feeling some of those aches and pains, yeah. I think, that yeah. you've caused. I wanted to ask you, obviously, you're one of the greatest pass rushers of all time, 11-time All-Pro, you're in the Hall of Fame, you're on two all-decade teams, and then you recorded the most career sacks, the record for most career sacks is 200. I wanted to ask you, I found out, I realized today is, that I believe, it was the 24th anniversary of when we lost Derek Thomas. Oh. Um, Played during your era. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, what he brought to the game and how incredible a passer he uh, was?
1: Derek was one of a kind. Um, before there was a Demarcus Ware and Vaughn Miller, uh, it, it was Derek Thomas. Uh, nobody had that, that first step like Derek Thomas. Um, his ability to, to be able to get to the quarterback. Um, it was just remarkable. Um, he was a dear friend, um, and and losing him was was heartbreaking. Uh, so for this to be the the, the, the anniversary uh, of that tragic day. Uh, it it uh, saddens me. Yeah,
2: yeah. we have a lot of, uh, as Chiefs fans, we have a lot of fond memories of watching. We were talking to Marcus Spears earlier today, and he said he felt like we were really robbed yeah. uh, when that happened.
1: Yeah, uh, what an incredible talent in terms of his athletic ability and what he could do on the football field. But he was an even bigger person off of the football field and what he did for the community and young kids in his community. So that, that's what we've, we've appreciated most about him, his, his heart and, and, and his willingness to give of his time and his money and his resources to make those that are underprivileged have a better life.
2: Do you think his record of seven sacks in a game will ever be
1: broken? Well, it's stood the test of time so far. It sure has.
5: How have you seen pass rushers evolve from your time to now? Because you look at quarterback, it's very easy to say, okay, they've changed. You've seen some differences. Running back, I think, have changed. Wide receivers have changed. Not saying better or worse, just saying the game has been uh, obviously more pass-dominant. You look at what you've done, you might be having more sacks if you played in today's day and age. 100% I would. But but, but what, would you, what would you say to the game itself? How have pass rushers changed from back when you played?
1: I, I really don't think they have uh, changed. They might have tweaked a few things here and there, uh, but the, the one thing about pass rushers, particularly from the defensive end standpoint, your ability to be able to bend and turn the corner is paramount if you can't do that you're going to be average to good but if you can bend and and you have the other tools to go along with that bend you're going to be great
5: can you work on that or is that something that's more natural
1: it it's it's natural it it is natural. You can work on it, and you can get better at it. But there are certain guys that just has that ability to to be able to bend around the corner. Uh, Miles Garrett, yeah. uh, Von Miller. Yeah. Uh, some guys are built to rush the quarterback upright, and there are a few that are built to bend around the corner.
2: Is there a quarterback that you never got to sack that you you
1: regret? Yeah um, I wouldn't say regret uh, I, I would just say that that first of all I never played against him we were supposed to play but he um, uh, he was injured at the time but I, I wanted to I, I always wanted to sack uh, my homeboy Michael Vick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because he was that elusive guy before this, this, this era that, that, uh, of guys and their elusiveness now. But he was, he was that guy, and plus, we're from the same area back at home. Uh, so I always wanted to play against him and, and get a sack and then, and then uh, have a little conversation with him <laughs> after, after it was over. How would
5: you bring down a guy like Patrick Mahomes? Right, the amount of dropbacks he takes, yep. and then look at the sack numbers he takes—it's crazy. Like he does not get brought down. He's not the most athletic guy out there, but somehow he makes you miss. Yeah. How would you try and take down a guy like Patrick Mahomes? He,
1: he just get him on the ground. <laughs> don't don't go for the kill shots unless you're coming from the blind side. Yeah, uh, concentrate on getting the ball out. Um, he's an extraordinary talent. Uh, He's a student of the game, Uh, his athletic ability, and his athleticism, although he talks about his his dad bod (laughs) uh, quite a bit, but uh, he's just an extraordinary athlete that's a student of the game that has put all of these tools together, and we happen to have, or we happen to be in the presence. Of watching this greatness and this body of work unfold. And it's fascinating to see.
2: Yeah, he's incredibly elusive. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing about him, he's not like a Lamar. But you get back there. I think I think it's really smart. Just get them on the ground. Don't try to kill just them. Just get them on the you ground. Put your hands on them. And get them down.
1: Just get them on the ground. Yeah. Don't allow them to duck up under you. Right. Uh, don't allow them to give you that shoulder turn. Yeah. Yeah. The little shimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just just break down and get him on the ground.
2: Who was the hardest guy to tackle during your era to to get a sack on? Dan Marino.
1: Who was it? Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quickest release in the NFL. Yeah. At, at the time, and uh, he, 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 he felt the pressure, um, he, he just got the ball out of his hands uh, with a flicker of his wrist, he could throw the ball 60 yards, um, obviously him being a big man and not very mobile, uh, he knew that was not an asset, but what an asset, the asset that he did have was the fact that he had that quick release. And he would always sidestep just to buy that mm-hmm. fraction of a second yeah. to get the ball out of his hands. Was there ever a tackle
5: that gave you any issues? I mean, let's be real now—200 sacks. Yeah, I don't. I don't think many gave you issues,
1: but there's ever <laughs> one guy you're like,
5: "How the heck does he have my number?"
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, there there are there are a few of them that that um, um, that really. Um, and they're all, they're all Hall of Famers yeah. um, obviously Anthony Munoz when you, yeah. you start talking about left tackles you, you, and, and Jonathan Ogden Yeah. Uh, Walter Jones who's a, another great one uh, so uh, when, when you talk about a body of work and, and that's what I like to focus on yeah. that, that body of work and that longevity and so forth uh, those are the two names that, that uh, really stick out
2: um, okay, so we got a big game coming up here. Uh, you think? You got, this <laughs> you got this Chiefs defense that I feel like was a little bit underrated throughout the course of the year. What do you see when you look at this Chiefs defense? Or do you think they're underrated?
1: I, I think Spags, and I think Chris Jones. Yeah. That I man, I I love Chris Jones' game. Yeah, you, they uh, Spags does an excellent job of creating matchups. Uh, and and getting him in situations where he's going to be single blocked uh, in certain situations, and Chris Jones takes advantage of it. He is, he, he, you know, between Chris Jones, T.J. Watt, uh, um, Miles Garrett. Um, those are the top three guys in the league, and there there are some others, uh, but uh you, you talk about bosa uh but but i like that damn chris jones we like chris yeah. jones too yeah. yeah as you can see we we like yeah. chris jones yeah. over here yeah, yeah. Uh,
5: w- when it comes to some of the rule changes happening in the nfl they're making it i
1: don't great. like them yeah, yeah, yeah i'll right? just say i don't figure like you em.
5: how would that have affected <laughs> your game obviously uh, you know you play the 80s the 90s a much more physical era but now you can hardly touch the quarterback, and it's a flag. How much added pressure does that put on a you know a pass rusher?
1: Well, we 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 cannot be so consumed by making a mistake and hitting the quarterback under those current rules and those current circumstances. You just got to do your job. Um, we understand the two step rule uh we understand you can't hit the quarterback above the 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 neck yeah you can't hit him below the knees yep or below the waist.
5: Yeah, <laughs> got a got about, got about I mean, a foot right here. <laughs> yeah. You you go for
2: you're trying to swat the ball and you accidentally hit him in the helmet. You're getting right. a personal foul. Right, you get right. to him clean, uh, but you fall on top of him. Right. You're going to get a flag. Or you, you push.
1: Or you pushed into him by it. the yeah. offensive line. Yeah, you got yeah. to these
2: guys. These big guys yeah. coming, 300 pounds, are trying to twist themselves in midair to not let their. It just doesn't seem fair to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, oh, well. Life isn't fair. Number that's one, for, that's for sure. Number two, uh, this is a offensive-minded game. The league wants to see points scored, and they want they want to protect their princes yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the princes, are the quarterbacks. Yeah, um, they do not want you uh, uh, putting <laughs> sidelining. They do not want you sidelining their their bread and butter because people go to games because they want to see the quarterback. Throw the ball.
5: The yeah. NFL would be terrified of you today. The yeah. NFL would be sitting here. Okay, we have to do something. We can't let Bruce keep doing this. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. They, 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 yeah between myself and Reggie White, yeah. they they would be terrified.
2: So we uh, we gotta let you go. But uh, who do you got on Sunday? You got a final score prediction?
1: For I us? man, I I can never count Patrick out. Uh, he he's just that good, and I can't count uh Travis Kelsey out, uh Spags. Uh it, it so I'm I I I can't make a prediction. Having said that, if the forty niners don't contain Travis Kelsey, they're gonna lose. Having said that, if they have if they have a great game plan and they they can limit Kelsey uh, to to making uh, a, a number of big plays. If they can limit that, uh, I think the Forty Niners are going to come out on top because of all of the weapons that they have on offense. They sure do. And if 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 those pass rushers on the Forty Niners uh, start getting to because that's how you beat that's yeah. that's how you're going to beat them. If the forty nine ers pass rush get to patrick mahomes it'll be the 49ers
2: it's gonna be a fascinating game m&m's the, M&M's, historic, and the hall of fame legendary peanut butter M&M's. m&m's these are
5: my these favorite are I already peanut games. butter and this was my breakfast today bruce this is my, breakfast, today, I, I, this, I, this, this my breakfast yeah, uh, yeah. m&m's it's almost good. champion super bowl 58 campaign make sure make sure to check out it check out more at the website mms.com Dot com. slash
1: super Bowl to see the ad. Look at that right there. Yeah. Look at yeah. you guys. It's, it's pretty cool. And Boom. you actually, if you go on the website, uh, they have a competition where you can win one of these sweatsuits. Oh, oh that's nice. awesome. Oh, oh, I yeah. love the champion. If you want to yeah, win exactly. one of those sweatsuits, yeah. you know
5: where to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. Bruce. Right. Bruce to talk to you. Hey, Thank you for the thanks insight. Man. Yeah. Appreciate All right.
2: Eminem's Hall of Famer Legend, Bruce Smith. Um, the,
5: these are actually phenomenal. These are. I'm not kidding. Yeah, these I'm are gonna, really he, good. I'm gonna crack some open right now.
2: I. Look, I gotta be honest with you, Sterling. There's, we've gotten to interview so many incredible people here. Um, it's, it, it's hard to get starstruck just because you're just like, person after pro, it's Dan Marino, it's this person. That was one of the, one of the that was surreal. Getting to interview Bruce Smith, man, I'm just like beside myself right now. Yeah. I feel a little bit like I did when I got to interview Joe. This is a guy I grew up watching, you know?
5: Yeah, it, it's literally unreal. I mean, let's be real now. There's a reason why he is the all time sack leader. Not 100, not 150, 200. I mean, it's actually absurd. And I do think it'd be something where Goodell would be terrified. I mean, imagine Goodell just seeing, okay, we're trying to protect our quarterbacks, and this guy has gotten here 200 times. He's unbelievable. I
2: mean, go back. And watch the clips. If you were a younger person of Bruce. I mean, and it was so cool to hear him talk about Derek Thomas. You know, and, and uh, the, the fact that they were friends and hearing that guy talk about what could have been with Derek Thomas. Yeah you know, if he was
5: able to finish his career on this turn. No, it's um the glowing reviews from past legends in regards to Derek Thomas really puts into perspective what he meant not just to Kansas City but to the NFL as a whole and again not just the NFL uh, the legendary players of the NFL right yeah
2: yeah I mean hearing these legends talk about a guy like that you know he's near and dear to our heart and uh you know he wore 58. it's Super Bowl 58. wouldn't it be cool if the chiefs could take it home for dt you know and uh and for marty the late great Maurice schottenheimer it would be fantastic um <laughs> kcdc what do i look tired kcdc is that what you're saying to me because i am oh we're
5: at 600 right now in donations guys
2: we're yeah, we, at, we gotta yeah, stop we gotta stop wait, talking is that about true
5: it. is that true richard are we at 600 donations that was according to flapjack flapjack city is he is he being true or is he being facetious 585. 585. everyone we are at 585. we are getting close but we need your support <laughs> okay michael pittman jr this is, is outrageous i was about to do something very outrageous but i didn't do it we'll you have we'll, we'll have to ask him to uh throw some money down
2: okay hey how's it, how's it, going? How's it going patrick how you doing how's it going, yeah. all right as Michael joins doing us. Doing well.
20: We're at the Super Bowl right now yeah. We're on Radio yeah. Row. We're having a great time. Let's go. How are you doing? Good, good. So I'm actually here on behalf of He Gets Us, which is a faith-based company that is bringing people closer to uh, Jesus, and uh, they actually have a Super Bowl ad that's going to be playing in the for- or in the first quarter. It's uh, pretty cool, actually. So. Awesome. I think
2: I've seen some of these commercials during NFL games before. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, awesome, man. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. I would like, you know, I don't get this. I know you hear this kind of crap all the time, but I don't ever get the opportunity to do it. You took my uh, fantasy team to the Super Bowl this year. I didn't get it done, yeah. uh, but I just wanted to thank you for all you did uh, for my team, Chase
20: Jam. Jamar Chase, also chatted yep. with oh, him yeah. earlier. Yep. Uh, you were fantastic
4: this year. Thank though.
20: you. Thank you. You know, that's something that I kind of take pride in too. Just because like, like I actually like hearing people say that because like no one wants to hear like, oh yeah, like. Like oh yeah like just like you sucked like this year like you like killed my uh, team so <laughs> right, right. so like it's really yeah. good like hearing the opposite of that yeah. so yeah. thank you oh you
2: were so consistent all year <laughs> long you. what what do you think went into that obviously you had the you had the quarterback stuff going on you had mm-hmm. a change you got Gardner Minshew coming in how did uh, how did you maintain your level of consistency throughout the season
20: yeah I I mean it's I mean it's really a team thing. Um, I feel like Shane had confidence, like in me, uh, week in and week out. It didn't matter, like who it was or like just like what team or like what defense. Um, he always was trying to get me the uh, ball, and then um, Gardner too, like just like trusting me. And um, and uh, really, I think just those two things is what led to me be able to put up consistent numbers.
2: You took a really scary hit yeah. there late in the season. Uh, really, really scary. How are you doing? Do you remember that whole thing? I mean, it's it's a dangerous game we know, but you Absolutely. never really want to see somebody take something like that.
20: Yeah, so I've so I've watched it a bunch and I remember it, but it's weird because it almost feels like an out of body experience now because I've seen it like so many times. So I'm like, do I remember it or do I just or like have I just seen it a bunch? I it. But like, yeah. I can walk you through it. So I had a crossing route and I remember running and I'm like, I'm about to be wide open. And I see the pass, and it's kind of out in front of me. So like I dive and I caught it. Right. So so like I'm thinking, hey, like I'm about to land and get up. And then all of a sudden I wake up and like there's people looking down at me and I'm like, what just happened? And everybody is trying to get me to like stay down. And like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, how am I getting up right now? Yeah. And then that's just when I walked out the field and, and then, you know, like then it like then the game like kept going so yeah and you recovered okay you're feeling yeah. good yeah
5: absolutely yeah, yeah. well that's good um, i know you're really popular with those game day vlogs as well how did that
20: start what what, what was the yeah. idea behind this so it was my wife's idea back in college and it's funny because i never thought people would actually be interested in seeing what we just do like our day-to-day life because like I just think like I'm not that interesting like just like who wants to watch me do my daily stuff right (laughs) and and we posted we posted a couple videos and it just caught fire and then it led us into my NFL career and lately we haven't been like as consistent because we actually have two kids now and we have a farm so so we're pretty much busy between football kids and farming um, there's not a lot of extra time to make videos anymore. Animal farm,
5: uh, yeah, corn. Wow. Or? So,
20: so we farm. So we're going to farm hay, but we have cows and we have horses. We got goats. We have lots of chickens, and we have in or or we have in alpaca. And we oh, just oh, hatched cool. our first emu two days ago. Oh. All right, let's move that farm to Kansas City and you <laughs> open up a petting yeah, yeah. zoo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how old are your kids? Uh, so my daughter is two and my son is eight months old you're an eight okay So my wife is six months pregnant. Yeah, I'm 40 years old We're
2: having our first yeah. baby baby boy. You have any advice for me because then you know yeah. in a few months here I'm gonna be in the thick of it.
20: Um, I would just so two things uh, There's this crib thing. I'm trying to remember what it's called like it like rocks your baby to sleep. It's uh, okay. uh Like uh, snoo it's the snoo snoo so you gotta get that and then just be ready for when your kids pick your wife over you in every situation so so um sometimes it kind of hurts you know because like it's like come here he's like no like and like i'm like all right fine you know what i'm saying yeah so so just like be ready like for those i I, you can't blame them though it's mom Yeah, yeah 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 no like she is much better than me and she like looks a lot better too like so like they're probably looking at me and looking at her and yeah like I'll go with her and she's got the free food too so oh yeah you know what I mean what good are we you know, Absolutely. we're the diaper
2: changers
5: right exactly uh I'm, I'm excited thank you I appreciate the invite Where, where's your excitement level heading into next season you saw a taste you got a little taste of Anthony Richardson and what he brings to the table mm-hmm. now you're gonna have a uh, full season with him what are expectations what are you looking forward to playing with a guy who's as dynamic as Anthony Richardson
20: yeah I mean you just see what what he can do, like there's not anything that he can't do. And I really think early on, the strongest part of his game is going to be the RPO game because Shane really, like Shane really dials that up. And it's just with him, Jonathan, and all of our pass catchers, I mean, like it's just gonna be like hard to stop. And, And one facet like of his game that we didn't necessarily get to see because he got hurt week three, is his ability to extend plays and make those downfield throws so once we really get into that i mean because he can throw off his back foot like 70 yards so as soon as he starts running like left and right like i'm going straight deep (laughs) and and i expect to have a lot of yards like just off of like scramble drill so
2: you guys have a really, like, I think a kind of loaded offense emerging. I mean, you know, you had some injuries this year, obviously with the quarterback, Jonathan Taylor, but I mean, he's an explosive, scary back. Absolutely. It got you, of course. Uh, you guys got some young tight ends coming along. Uh, do you guys think you're going to take the leap next year?
20: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you saw mm-hmm. flashes this year. It's just, and even in that last game, now we didn't execute it, but that play was there, and yeah. and that and and that could have led to anything. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a great call, and we just got to execute it better. You know, like like just like there's things that both sides could do. Like I was setting like that pick, like maybe I could have set like just like a better pick. But um, actually, I wasn't setting a pick right. No, route. It was not a pick. It so <laughs> that was actually yeah. a, a route, as but a, uh, a clean <laughs> route. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so so yeah. Like you see flashes, and and I think when Anthony gets a full season, like you'll really really see like our offense bloom what's what makes shane Steichen such a good play caller in your eyes he's just so creative with all of his motions and all of his plays and just different looks to get at the same play so like we're not overly complicated to where we have a million plays but we have so many different looks that, that like defenses can't really predict it and and just his like creativity and using players to their strengths um you've seen that like just like with alec pierce is is alec is Alec is really good at going deep like just 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 like he's a really talented deep ball catcher and then like you see Josh who really works that inside like just like those juke routes and like just just like being able to put players like in position to be successful is really what he does well. I know you've gone against the Kansas
5: City Chiefs one time in your career. Yep. You've actually had a pretty good game. Eight, yep. eight catches, nine targets, 72 yards. Obviously, that was in 2022. Yes. So a, a few different faces here, but obviously some of the same guys here. As they play in the Super Bowl, what are the challenges going up against those guys? And obviously, Steve Spagnuolo, who's a little bit of a uh, mm-hmm. uh, mad scientist back there as yeah. well as a, D- as a D.C.
20: Yeah, I mean the Chiefs, at, or, or the Chiefs as a whole, like, just, like, obviously, like, you think of the Chiefs, like, you think Pat, right? You think yeah. Pat, like, you think Travis, so those are really, to me, the two driving factors, not, maybe not, like, of their team, but, like, of their offense, like, for sure, so, um, and, like, their defense is good, like, just, like, they got, um, just, like, they got, like, a bunch of, like, great players, too, like, they're, like, D-line is great, like, they got cornerbacks, um, but, but, I mean, it's, just like it's like a heavyweight matchup, you know. Just like the 49ers are stacked, too. And um, you also
5: had a good game against the 49ers the one time you yeah. played them. Do you know your line? Yeah. You
20: get- um, all I remember that it was the bomb cyclone, and it was 100 and something yards.
5: 105, 105 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so who do you think has the edge in this one? You mentioned it's a heavyweight fight. Uh,
2: 49ers have playmakers all over the offense chiefs have a really good defense they got mahomes they got Reed and kelsey mm-hmm. yeah. who's got the edge
20: for you i really hate doing this but i think the 49ers have the edge um but it's so hard to bet against pat pat's such a great quarterback and he can do so many things but if i had to give someone the edge like on paper the 49ers i think are the most complete team okay when you were growing up who were the wide receivers that you looked up to? Is there anybody you modeled your game after? So growing up, I actually thought I was going to play defense. So I used to be Brian Dawkins, oh, okay. Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, like just like those type of guys. And then when I got a little bit older, Patrick Peterson, Tyran Matthews, I mm-hmm. wanted to go to LSU so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was heartbroken like just like when like they didn't even offer me.
4: Yeah, so, yeah.
20: OK. Well, why did you want to be a defensive player so bad? What made the change to wide receiver? So the change was actually made by my USC coaches. So um, they told me that I could play both ways. Wow. And then when I got there, like they're like psyched. Like, like yeah, like yeah just like we lied to you to like get you here and um then i played receiver because that was before the whole transfer portal thing so like if you wanted to transfer you're gonna sit here yeah so like i was like well let me just see what it's about and i'm telling you for the first month i felt so terrible like like i no, like i'm like in a room full of like legit wide outs yeah. like Juju, Deontay Burnett, Steven Mitchell. I came in with like Tyler Vons and a bunch of other wide outs like who like were polished I, Yeah, and I felt so trash like just like in that room with them. Yeah. But then I got better and better and better and worked harder and harder and uh, it all worked out.
5: Yeah, I mean, who wants to
20: play defense? You, you wanna, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm team wide receiver. Catch the touchdowns, baby. Yeah. Just like at that point, like in my football career, like I just felt like the best part of my game was like knocking people down. So <laughs> yeah. Now
2: your uh, your dad played uh, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, how did uh, he won a Super Bowl with the Bucks? Yeah. How did how did uh, his experience help you in your career?
20: Yeah. So it's funny because growing up like in a football family, because I was born into his NFL days, like. I thought everybody's dad played like like in the the nfl NFL, right so (laughs) so like i didn't really appreciate the fact that he played 11 years until i got into like high school when i really started to figure out hey like football is hard you know like not you know like you know like not everybody makes it right and 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 like right then and there like i was like wow like this dude is pretty cool and and like and like just having his guidance throughout high school leading all the way up like just like until now still uh, because I've never gone through this free agency thing and he's done it a couple times so um, like just being able to lean on him um, he's helped me tremendously and I can't thank him enough for uh, what he's done for me.
5: Super serious question here. As a man with a mustache, to another dude with a mustache, Gardner Minshew. Um, <laughs> what what is he actually like? Because he has his whole persona of like wild Florida man. Like if he wrestled a gator, I would not be surprised. Is that really how he is, or? Is he, he more reserved.
20: He is a combination of that, but he something that may not be portrayed as much. He's very intelligent. He's a very intelligent guy. He's a very strong thinker, and 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 like he's just cool as they come right i yeah. mean i mean he's doing sun yoga before practice i mean he's walking Perfect. around like with his shirt off uh-huh. you know so so like he's like a cool guy and <laughs> and um he he does a lot of things but he's always fired up
4: yeah
5: you just described me in my normal day just like doing <laughs> yoga shirt off.
2: Shirt there, you go. Go. Vibing, there you go just vibing baby uh, we know you got to get out of here. So tell us one more time about He Gets It and the work that you're doing with them. Yes.
20: Yeah, so He Gets Us is a faith-based air er, is a face faith, faith-based organization that's bringing people closer to uh, Jesus. And basically, what I what I'm here for is just sharing my own personal uh, my own personal experience with uh, people and um, just trying to shine a light on how Jesus has like affected me and kind of changed my life and my like whole like football journey so they're like doing like a couple of great things and and uh they actually have a um super bowl ad that's going to play in the first quarter and then they also have another one that's going to play later on so be on the lookout for that it it, uh it is a uh, pretty good one
2: all right be on the lookout for that michael pittman jr that that fantasy team I told you about is keeper league. So oh yeah, keep uh, me for I'm, sure. I'm keep keeping me for it. sure. I'm <laughs> keeping I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate,
5: I appreciate that. Hey, thanks man. Thank you guys. Care, Take man. it easy. Also, uh, he gets us is going to be doing an amazing community event just off the strip, serving nearly one thousand of Las Vegas's most vulnerable yeah. population Very on cool. Saturday. Um, so really cool event they're doing, giving back and helping the community. Uh, Patrick, this is fun, baby. We did it, man. We did it. All right, what are, we, what are we at? Before we wrap, what number are we at? We're almost at $700, people. Whoa. Flapjack City, dude, you're the GOAT. I'm, saved, I'm $100. Some, bucks.
2: i am saved by the bell here.
5: It's, it's not... Because this is the end of the show. No, no. We need another day. We still have a one more day down here. Yeah, so we still have a chance to make the 1000 bucks, dude. Are we doing Arrowhead Attic tomorrow? We are, we are dude. So of a bit, Everyone. Everyone come here come here bring that camera to me bring the camera to me I can't get any closer pretend I'm singing Sarah McLaughlin behind you in the arms of an angel every single dollar counts all we need is your support and Patrick will get a tattoo that's all we need don't do it It's all, in the arms of an angel. Now, I can't promise you we'll give you like a T-shirt or anything like that. It was a
2: flippant remark.
5: But it will be a great tattoo, and you'll get to see it. I wasn't thinking Thank you for your support. Thank you. We're at 685 now. Thank you, thank you, Flapjack City. That was awesome. You gave a hundred bucks again. We'll be doing a little Arrowhead out of get together. If you are here in Vegas, We're at, uh, five o'clock in the Mandalay Bay lobby. So we'll see you guys there. Anyone who is in Vegas, well, stop by, say hi. We'll have a little bit of fun. Until next time, we are out. Oh,
4: jeez.